This is Jocko Podcast number 117 with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. And we're doing a Q&A tonight. First one in a while. We've had a bunch of other guests and books and whatnot. So, Q&A. Let's go. Cool. First question. Jocko, from 115, podcast number 115, as a leader, how best to respond to someone like Corporal Meyer? When he brings up good questions in in a brief that need to be addressed without derailing the brief and calling your competence slash authority into question. Okay, so what he's talking about is on podcast 115 with Dakota Meyer, which if you haven't listened to it, listen to it. It's long and it's very, I don't know, it's, it's awesome. Anyways, in part of that podcast, Dakota is getting told how they're going to conduct this operation and Dakota raises some points and says what about this? What about that? And what about this other thing? Mm -hmm. And They don't listen to him. Mm -hmm. And so the question here is if you're in charge You're the leader and you get someone that brings up these questions during a brief During the plan that you need to be that need to be addressed. How do you do it? How do you handle that properly? Okay? Well first of all and the, the most important part of this is if you involve your team in the planning itself, you won't have these questions come up during the brief. They'll come up during the planning. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the ultimate and best way to solve this problem. You don't plan in a vacuum as the leader and then present the plan to the troops and expect that you're gonna have the perfect plan. You did, it was only your brain working on it. Mm -hmm. What about everyone else's brain? What about everyone else's perspective? They have experience and they have knowledge that you don't have. Mm -hmm. So in, if you involve them in the planning, then they ask you those questions early and you figure out what the right answers to those questions are. Mm -hmm. So that's how you solve the problem right there. Now, if it happens that for whatever reason you're, you didn't have the opportunity to do that or you didn't do it well enough or whatever the case may be, and now you start getting questions on your plan while you're briefing, well, first of all, if they ask you questions that you don't have answers to, then that, 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 that could indicate that you're wrong, actually. Mm -hmm. You could actually be wrong. Yeah. And not a lot of leaders like to feel that way, but you should actually be happy that someone on your team is pointing out something that is going to make the plan better as a whole. Mm. So there's that. And, and it's really easy. If, someone, if you're in a brief and someone brings up a point that you didn't think of and it makes sense, well, then you can implement that into the plan. Okay? So that. Now, you might think that it hurts your authority, mm. right, to say, hey, that's a good point, Echo. I, I didn't think of that. Let's implement. You might think or feel like that's going to make you look bad, but it's yeah. the opposite is actually true. If I go, no, Echo, hey, the plan's already completed. You weren't there for the planning, so just be quiet. Mm. That's the guy that no one respects. <laughs> yeah. That's the guy that's not looking good as a leader, and that's the person that's losing authority. So you don't look weak if you listen to members of the team, whether they're junior or senior. It also shows that you're incompetent if you, because you, because you missed a part, obviously the question is pertinent that they asked, or I should say if the question is pertinent and it is a good point, then it shows that you missed an important angle mm. of the plan. So open your mind, open your, put your ego in check and incorporate it in there. Now, this, this can also happen if there's something that you know that you're right on, right? Something that you know that you're right on. If there's something like that, mm -hmm. 
and you and this you know maybe you get one particular individual that keeps pushing back and keeps pushing back and you might have to in those cases say you know what hey echo let me let me talk to you after this brief is over and I'll explain to you exactly why we're doing it this way mm. so that way it doesn't derail the brief because it might take a longer explanation than you want to you know for instance the typical seal briefing was we try to keep it 50 minutes to an hour so if you got to if you got to spend 8 minutes pulling up a different map and explaining some detail of the terrain to this guy that has a protest to what you're saying you might say hey listen when you get done with this brief, I'll pull you aside. Let me show you the let me show you the terrain map, and you can see exactly why we're using this insertion route, or whatever the case may be. Uh, so, you can do that if you have to, and even then, they might end up having a point that you didn't see, and then you can say, "Okay, well, I didn't see that." And now we have to give everyone a quick a, a rebriefing on some change in the plan. Mm-hmm. But again, none of this will happen if you bring your subordinates in and you let them. First of all, let them do the planning. That's ideal. Let them come up with a plan. I let Echo come up with a plan. I'm not coming up with a plan. You go come up with a plan. I'm going to check with you and make sure that the plan is going in the right direction. Make sure it's not totally off track. Sure. And then you'll incorporate all these things, and I'll have a better view of the plan. I can stand back and be the tactical genius, as we talk about in the book, Extreme Ownership. Like That's how you do it. Mm. So that's the answer. Okay. Well, that at least is an answer. Yeah. Maybe other people have other answers. Seems to make sense to me. Yeah, that's that hard. It's hard, right? When you, when you, it's one of those things you always got to be conscious of when you have a plan or or whatever. And someone, for lack of a better term, pokes holes in it mm-hmm. and be like, hey, what about this? What about this? And then you have the, the, those two elements that you got to keep in mind where it's like the fact that it's your plan and then the plan. You know, the effectiveness of the You mean the plan. your emotional attachment to the plan? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah you got to exactly. keep the emotional attachment to the plan in check yeah. versus the actual effectiveness of the plan. Yeah. And people have a hard time doing that. And what's cool What's cool is once you break away from that mindset, yeah. then it's really easy yeah. just to be... And, and everyone just kind of knows, oh, yeah, Jocko, he's got an open mind. He'll listen to you. Yeah. As opposed to someone that has a closed mind, everyone goes, "Oh, you can't, you can't get anything by this guy. Yeah. He just, he's just going to keep. He doesn't even help to point things out because he won't listen." Yeah. And then guess what? You're using one brain versus twenty brains, yeah. and more important than the brain power, the perspective, mm-hmm. the different perspectives. Because the guys on the ground are the guys with the technical knowledge and the tactical knowledge. They're going to know things that you don't know. That's the way it is. Yeah. You can't know everything that they know. Mm-hmm. And so if you shut down all those different perspectives, you're looking at something from one angle. Yep. And do you see the whole complete picture when you only look at something from one angle? No, no you don't. No, sir. Use those other perspectives. Yep. Check. Self-correcting machine. Mm, yes. If you can let go of the ego, the taking it personal, well, the personal attachment. When I was in the SEAL teams, I called it the emotional attachment to the plan. Yeah. Because I'd see these go. people come up with plans and they would be so addicted to their own plan only because it was their own plan. Not yeah. for any not for any tactical or strategic or operational reason whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just liked it because they thought of it. Yeah. It's natural. Yeah. It you is very it. it's very natural. Yeah, yeah. And there's some element of of benefit to that, right? Because if you're passionate about your plan and I'm passionate about my plan, as long as we can eventually come to compromise, mm-hmm. then we've put forth the best idea because yeah. I don't want you to not be passionate about your plan while you're planning it. I right, want you right. to really come up with the best plan that you really believe in. Yeah, and true. and it's interesting. You know, you talk about poking holes, right? Poking yeah. holes in the plan. 
And we all know that it's very easy to sit back and poke holes oh, in the yeah. plan. Yeah. And what I'm telling you to do as a leader is to absolutely do that, yeah. not be a jerk. No, no, and I'm talking as a leader. If I, if I let you do the planning, uh -huh. then it's easy for me to sit back and poke holes in the plan, right. which is good. It's good because we're gonna come up with, we're gonna fill those holes. Yeah. Once I poke the holes, we're gonna fill them and we're gonna know that they're taken care of. Also, as a leader, from a, from a perspective point, you think, hey, Jocko really knows what's going on. He was able to find these holes in the plan. Mm. The real reason I was able to find them is just because I was not totally at, at, at minuscule detail with the yeah. plan. You yeah. were. Yeah. I was up at altitude, relaxing, yeah. looking around. Yeah, it's kind of, I don't want to say cheating. It's not cheating, but. You it know, is cheating. It, yeah, it is like cheating. You, it you is cheating. It's that much easier. It's so much easier to yeah. sit back and do it Yeah, and, and, and let things go that way. Like when you know when you watch a movie and you have like some critique, the movie's outstanding, mm -hmm. and then you have some critique. Yeah, they shouldn't have chose that guy for that role or whatever. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the movie is like groundbreaking, whatever. You know, so it's easy to poke holes in the movie. Meanwhile, like yeah, yeah, when it's done, you're all like poking holes at the little imperfections. Mm -hmm. I do that all the time. Makes sense. I dig it. Does that happen with your videos? Is that what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Check. Anyway, next question. We have been training jujitsu for two months now. We started actually rolling a few weeks ago from our knees on the mat, like not starting from standing. Basically, I've trained for an executed multiple. Oh, I've trained for and executed multiple marathons. Competed, completed a number of tough mutters. Trained hard in CrossFit. Hiked, biked, swam, and nothing compares to the total mental and physical exhaustion I feel after training jujitsu. How can I combat this? Time, train more supplements, just suck it up. When I get home, I'm so beat, and the next morning I wake up feeling like I was hit by a bus. <laughs> I, I know that feeling, by the way. Despite the exhaustion and still sucking at it, it's super fun. Okay, so that's the jujitsu. That's the And, okay, so there's a couple things here. Yes, it's going to take some time. You're going to have to train. You train more. Your body will become conditioned to it. That's probably number one. Number two is... And this is so hard for people to do. Relax. Yeah. It's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard for people to do, especially when you first start out. Mm -hmm. I realized that the way you get to a point when you start to relax is when you're when when the capability of your technique surpasses the capability of your strength. Mm -hmm. So if I know that I can escape your uh, choke attempt by holding your hand and pulling your thumb and pulling your arm off, and that's what I know, that's what I'm gonna do. Mm -hmm. When I realize that I can use a technical escape of swimming my arm in and then placing my hips on the ground and then scooting away from your choke, I'll do that instead. Mm -hmm. But but until we figure out the techniques, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. all we have is muscle. So you, the way you do is you, you just have to keep, keep training and keep training and you can try can people actually when they try and relax do they actually get you you tell me so i always tell people like relax more yeah. like someone will say i just can't relax and i'll be like relax harder <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but it's it's so hard for people to relax because people say oh when i relax i just get submitted yeah right yeah so but if you relax you'll at least be aware of what's happening and if you relax, you can think about the technical 
the technical mo- movement that you're supposed yeah. to do to escape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, I feel like, just like how you said, though, if you don't know the move, you're just going to go with what you know, and it's going to be the spaz in one way or another. <laughs> just, you know, just, if you if a guy's on you, is like spazzing mounting, ever effective? <laughs> well, because I because I'll I'll go ahead and say yes. Yes. Sometimes <clears throat> I have to spaz, and okay. Dean calls me out on that a lot. Well, here's the thing: no hey, good defense, you just spazzing. Well, but your nah, spaz out, has I? a has a a big more than a sprinkle of technique in oh, it, though. Yeah. That's the thing. If true, like you and I told you this one time, you know how like if you say yeah you're strong, and that's kind of an insult in jujitsu because it's like saying yeah you're strong, <laughs> but you don't have technique. It's kind of yeah. like that's what you're implying. But and I said this to you one time. I was like, you have like strength. You're strong, and you're like. Not defensive, but you were uh, like, no, I have technique or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I know that. I was like, shoot, that sounded bad. I mean, you have technique. We already know that. You've been training <laughs> for 25 million years and you have good technique. But with that technique is like a lot of strength in there. Mm. Like when you, um, there's like stuff. Oh, yeah. When like if you, if I'll be in side control on, on top on mm-hmm. you and you have this like, first off, your hands are in the correct spot. Just to begin with, yeah. so that's to begin, and you can just kind of get your leg in real easy every single time. Like I can't talk, <laughs> stop it, stop it, and I'm not weak. I'm not weak, uh-huh. but it's like the strength of that move yeah. is like, oh, it's unstoppable. And that's when I said it. I was like, you, you're like strong when you do a technique. It's like it's a strong technique. Yeah, and I would say though, there's a lot of. I would say it's probably seventy percent technique and thirty percent strength, <clears throat> which which may confirm what you're saying. Yeah. That thirty percent strength. Yeah. Is still more than if someone has seventy percent technique, yeah. but they have only ten percent strength to yeah. back it up. Yeah, yeah, fully. And even saying it's you know seventy percent technique, thirty percent strength. I mean, that's going to vary from time, from moment to moment, or sure. experience to experience. So if you're spazzing, even that's going to be a spectrum. Like how much strength did you use yeah. versus technique, kind of thing. Yeah, because you can't spaz so, for a long time. No, nope, because you then you'll just be tired you'll be and you'll gassed. just be gassed. Yeah. 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 So when I say you're strong, here's the thing: the fact is you're strong, regardless if you have technique or not. You can lift a lot of weights. You're big. Try grab like I, I'll grab your wrist, and when you break the grip of the wrist, it's way more violent than the typical person. You're a strong <laughs> person, so there's no denying that. I know it sounds like an insult or whatever, but nonetheless, back to the point. Yeah, if and so if you if you have strength going in before you gain all that technique over the over the years, just like how you said, that's what you're going to use. Yeah. So the key is here, I think, is to consciously and it's not easy. Consciously focus on the technique. Consciously, like remember, okay, yeah. where am I? Am I yeah. in half guard right now? Because you know how, like in the beginning, when you first learn the the positions, you're like half guard is real clear, guard is real clear. When you start rolling around, you're halfway upside down. Maybe you're, you're twisting. Maybe your arms in the wrong spot across your body or something like that. You kind of don't remember. Oh wait, I'm in half guard right now, or I'm upside down, but I'm in. You know, I'm on his back still, or whatever. So you don't. It doesn't just stick in your mind what position you're in. But if you can do that, then it starts getting getting routine. So now you, after that, you can figure out, okay, am I safe here? Because that's why you spaz. That's why you, you can't relax because mm-hmm. you don't know if you're safe or not. So you're just trying to move and, and get out of there or, yeah. or you know get you, that submission, hurry up before he does something. You, you know where this applies to life? This applies to life in when you're interacting with other people uh-huh. and you start to, let's say you and I are having a disagreement about something sure right and you start getting the upper hand on me mm. and instead of me trying to use a technique to get out all i do is go 
that's stupid, Echo. You're dumb. Yeah, yeah, or something like that, right? I just I'll start just interrupting yeah. you, cutting you off, raising my voice. I'm actually losing now. Yeah. And I don't, you know, at, at, but I'm relying on brute force yeah. as opposed to yeah. technique. Yeah. Now, it could be also, like we talked about earlier, it could be that I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And if instead of admitting that I'm wrong or, or taking, like you're saying, relax and looking at the technique and saying, you know what? Echo has a point here that I can't de- debate against. He's right and I'm wrong. I need to admit that. Same thing if you came up with an idea for the plan and your idea was better than mine or you had a point that I needed to bring into the plan, unless I, unless I can relax and actually pay attention, then I'm not gonna be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's how, well, that's one of the many ways when I always talk about jujitsu applying to life, this is another example of where, hey, if the argument starts to escalate and you're using brute force to get out of it, mm-hmm. you're not winning. Just like yeah. you're not winning in jujitsu, it, you're gonna gas out and you're gonna you're gonna lose. Yeah, don't use brute force. Yeah, yeah, not even thirty percent. Well, maybe sometimes thirty percent. Okay. The sometimes. other thing is the other thing that's hard, and this well, it, it it's it's attached to what you're saying. Don't have death matches every time. Yeah, right. Yeah. Don't like you find a partner and just be like, okay, let's try and make sure that we're not using so much strength. Mm-hmm. I can roll with you or with Dean or with Andy or whoever for a long time. And and it's a you know, we're sweating, we're tired, but we're not using all this strength. We're not yeah. walking off the mat with a with with like burned out muscles. Yeah. It's a diff- it's more of a cardio, I mm-hmm. would say, than than a strength thing when you get to a higher level because you're you it's just movement it's movement yeah. that's happening you know when to you know when someone's going to accomplish something and if you're going to fight it with yeah. muscle you're going to you're going to end up losing yeah and it goes back to the time thing where I was asking is it more time and the answer is yeah it's more time cuz like you you learn that and again like where you, knowing where to be and where not to be where you're safe and where you're not safe in jiu-jitsu is a big deal. So you know how like, okay, let's say, it's to, and I know this with you because let's say if I pass your guard. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you let me pass your guard. I don't know. You don't spaz and like, you know, like in a tournament where the guy's like really trying hard oh, not yeah, to yeah. let you settle in guard. Yeah, yeah. And so that's a different scenario, of course, but mm-hmm. um, you never do that. You, It's like you get to a point past your guard once you kind of get there, you just, you settle and you're, you're kind of relaxing. Because it seems like anyway that you know you're not in danger no. for a submission. No. So that's kind of really where the focus is. It's, it's not the fact that, ooh, he passed my guard. Oh, mm-hmm. no, that's terrible. It's not that. It's, okay, now what technique do yeah. I need to implement to keep myself safe? And the more you know about jiu-jitsu, the more you realize it doesn't take a huge amount of energy to, to implement that technique. It's usually just like an arm position, yeah, sure. make sure his hip is like over there and not over here. And that's kind of, that's it. That's pretty much it. But if you don't know that, you're like, oh, man, you're using your whole body to get out of there kind of thing. And that's that's when you're leaving no reserves in a military perspective. In the military, you're always supposed to keep your reserves as long as you can. Oh, yeah. You're just using it all all up. Reserves trying to spaz out and get out of a dominant position. You're also attacking a dominant position when you're spazzing to try and get out. Yeah, you're you're just going crazy trying to get out of this confirmed position. I mean, across the side or the mount, those are positions that are really sure there's a transitional time when you should yeah. definitely spaz to try and get out. Once that's surpassed, well now you're just you're just expending energy. Yeah. So yes. defense is already up. Check your diet too. If you're like really sore and everything, make sure you're getting enough protein, make sure you're getting enough fat, make sure you're getting maybe get some uh get some super krill or some or some joint warfare or both because 
you, you, your body needs it. So yeah. just other things to try and put off that soreness pain. and the pain. Yeah. But, all right. Yeah, all that twisting. Yeah, there's For definitely, little, you know. Well, yeah, it's hard on your joints. Yeah. Yeah, not kind hard. Yeah, it's yeah, like I guess not they really. get a workout. Yeah, you know, yeah. they get a workout yeah. that you won't be getting doing other stuff. Yeah. Unless, yeah, it's some, you know, construction or something, you know, something like that. Same thing. You're going to get joint stuff. That's how. But yeah, keep it. It's supposed to be fun. The death matches, though. Death matches. Yeah. White belt death matches. Yeah. Probably, um, I would estimate 40% of all injuries in jujitsu come from white belt death matches. Is that, you think that's a good number? Yeah, if not higher. If not higher. Yeah. <laughs> Full on, yeah. Yeah. Check. Cool. Next question. You talk about <clears throat> you talk about empathy and perspective and building relationships as a leader. But I look at leader a leader like Steve Jobs, who's known for his hostile attitude toward people. Isn't that being default aggressive like you talk about? If I'm more naturally that type of leader, should I go with it? If it worked for Steve Jobs, shouldn't it work for me? So that's a good question. And I haven't actually read the book about Steve Jobs. And I think there's probably more than one, but there's one that's real popular, real thick. And someone gave it to me and I have it and I will someday, but I haven't read it yet. And I've heard it's really good and all that. And I, that being said, I've, I've heard the same things about, you know, Steve Jobs leadership style he was real tyrannical and I pulled a couple things here just from well here we go in his book about jobs time at next and return to Apple the second coming of Steve Jobs Alan Deutschman described jobs rough treatment of his underlings he would praise this is a quote he would praise and inspire them often in very creative ways but he would also resort to intimidating goading berating belittle belittling and even humiliating them so and there's another article by Ronald Reggio who's a PhD in psychology and the, and the article came from psychology today and it says he was obsessively controlling and given to fits of rage throwing tantrums and yelling at employees and board members he could tear down someone's ideas or the person himself in a public display some have said he took credit for others ideas and his confidence led to a sort of over-the-top arrogance so the guys kind of tyrannical one time when they were putting together the mobile me application and it wasn't working well and jobs told the team that was putting it together you've when it wasn't working you've tarnished Apple's reputation you should hate each other for having let each other down so, okay, so first of all, let's look at the fact, and you've heard me say this before, that people's strengths are their weaknesses, and their weaknesses can be their strengths. So in Steve Jobs' case, obviously, some of this stuff, some of his weaknesses that we're talking about here were also strengths, because he was totally beyond driven, right? He was completely obsessed with, with doing good and all that, and, and he pressed toward his vision extremely hard he was relentless in trying to make things happen and again those are very positive characteristics if you got someone that's really driven and they're driven to the point of almost being obsessed and you you take that and those are kind of good characteristics but when they go too far this is why it's dichotomy this is the balance of leadership right when when you go too far you become a tyrannical leader 
which is not good. It's not good for a team, and it's and it's and a team that is subjected to that kind of attitude will not perform as well as a unified team. Period. Period. So, the guy was clearly hostile, and at the same time, clear clearly, he was one of the most successful business leaders in history. Right. So. Would you look at him and say, okay, well, maybe I should be that way. Maybe I should be a tyrannical leader. And I would say to that, no. (laughs) You do not get to do that. And here's why. Let's look at some other characteristics that Steve Jobs had. First of all, he was perhaps the foremost technological visionary in the history of the world. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had a vision of technology that very few people in the history in the world have had. And I will go a little bit more narrow. I think he understood things on another level when it came to technology, that the part of how human beings would interact with technology. That's the part that I think he really had just incredible vision for. He realized like, oh, these people will want a computer in their house and they'll want it to reflect the way they live and they're gonna want music in their pocket and they're gonna want all of their music in their pocket and they're gonna want a phone that can do, you know, he had this vision of how people would interact with technology that I don't think too many people had. Mm. So, so that's number one. Number two, he had a phenomenal feel for design right, for design and how to merge form and function together in in an, in an aesthetically pleasing and, and oftentimes stunning way, right, if you look at the design, and that's uncommon, especially for someone to have that feel for design and still have a massively technical background, mm. right? So, so that, again, we're, 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 we're making a person that's like 1% of 1% of 1% already, on top of that, he got into business, his business, at the right time, mm. in the right place. He had the right background. On top of that, the guy could speak well. The guy was very articulate, right? He was very articulate with his vision. If you if you watch his keynote speeches that he would give at the whatever it is when they have the Apple convention. Mm. What's that thing called? The Apple convention. Yeah, they have um, that thing. Well, he'd get up on stage and he'd talk about stuff. And, and he would articulate that. And he would do it with real clarity and he was very convincing and he was very captivating. Mm. And people were, you know, they'd say Apple's a cult. They'd follow that guy. So he had all those skills, those world-class skills. And I'm not using that term lightly. I'm talking world-class skills. Mm. And then all those world-class skills are combined together into one package, one human being. And there you got, you got Steve Jobs. So he's got... All those advantages, and then on top of that, he's had some luck along the way, right? He had some luck in his timing and his upbringing and and the exposures that he got and being exposed to computer programming and those things back in the day was rare and he got lucky in having that unfold for him. So he had all these things going for him that helped propel him and his company to the top. So now, if you're thinking maybe you should use his leadership style, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the questions that you should ask yourself is, are you a one in a billion vi- technological visionary or visionary of any kind? The answer to that is likely no. 
And if you think it's yes, maybe you should check your ego a little bit. <laughs> then you have to ask yourself, do you have an eye for design, an artistic eye for design like, like Da Vinci or Michelangelo? If you have that, you, you, you probably don't. If you think you have that, maybe you should check your ego again. Are you a gifted speaker and storyteller and can you convey your vision with total clarity to big giant groups, broad groups of people? And if you think you can do that, again, you should check your ego. Can you count on luck or do you wanna count on luck? To, to close the gaps in some of those other areas. So if you could do all those things, if you answered yes 100% to all those questions, then okay, maybe you can get away, get away with being a kind of leader that Steve Jobs was. But if you're a normal person, if you're a normal human being, then maybe you should try and be a good leader. <laughs> and maybe you should be a leader that builds relationships and forms cohesive teams and coalitions that help you drive your mission forward despite the ups and downs of whatever business you're in. So that's it. Hmm. Steve Jobs had a lot of other things that made him successful. Yeah. And leadership and and he I, I'm going to eventually read the book but he clearly had some people around him that that utilized that skill the skills that he did had have and moved helped move him forward right mm -hmm. other people at the company other people early in in apple saw that hey you know what this guy he might be a little bit hard to deal with but he's got some things that we won't find anywhere else mm -hmm. so let's prop him up and let's move forward yeah and that's that's the way it works yeah i think they call that survivorship bias where like you see, oh, you see a successful guy, and you go, yeah, oh, you like, did yeah, it. he did it that way, so let's do it that way. Um, but yeah, you you kind of don't see all the other factors or whatever. Almost like you, if you really think about it, if Steve Jobs were to be like in these tyrannical ways or whatever, if he were to be less like that, maybe there would be more maybe success. There would be more. You see what I'm saying? But he was so strong in these other areas that it kind of like mitigated the effects. You know, there's there's businesses that are successful because they're a successful business model. Yeah. And in the you have really bad leadership. Yeah, and even and that can't still, mess it up still, kind of thing. The, yep, even the bad leadership doesn't. It, it's the, the the model is so good. Yeah, which is a little bit contrary because you know I always say leadership's the most important thing on the battlefield. But in the business world, if you have a phenomenal idea, then you can you can be successful on that idea alone. Now that is that is a unicorn. That is one of those rare things where you have something that's that incredibly different mm. and stands out from the crowd so much that it's going to be successful no matter what yeah. you know when the uh when the early gyms mma type gyms if you had one you were successful it didn't matter what kind of leader you were because mm -hmm. you had you had it yeah. and and now there's competition if you're not if you don't have good leadership and you're not putting forth a good product amongst all the competitors you're gonna have problems yeah you're gonna have problems with it yeah and the more i kind of listen to you and Leif, the more i realize that even then the, the like it's almost like you have to have a minimum level of leadership. 
Like you don't be have to be perfect if you have the, one of these situations where the product of the business model oh, okay. is so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, even your leadership can mess that oh, up. Oh, yeah, you can absolutely because you destroy can be, it. Yeah, like you're in a situation where like no, now no one wants to work for you. Now what? Oh yeah, good, nice MMA gym. You, you don't have any. You got to work there. Yeah, you know the whole time, and you can't. You know, so it's gonna kind of fall apart after a while. So maybe like at, in the beginning it'd be good, but it'll fall apart because oh, of your lack for of sure. leadership for sure. Or something. And you you can see that. I mean, who's the guy that just got uh, removed from Uber? I, I'd have to go into de- I'd have to r- really drill down on it, but the CEO of Uber got removed. Yeah. And, you know, the business model's awesome. Yeah. And they still removed the CEO. Why? Because there's there's issues there. Yeah, yeah. And so, well, it's a great business model, but we still need good leadership. Yeah. So yeah, like you, like it, I'm I'm basically confirming what you just said. The good business model will get you to a certain level, but then to get to the next level, you're yeah. gonna need leadership, and that's why leadership's the most important thing on the battlefield. Yeah. yeah, man. So what the moral? Don't necessarily be tyrannical. No, like in fact, does. don't be straight up tyrannical. Yeah. Don't be. Yeah. And I'm not saying that there's not times where you have to have a little tyrannical flair. Because there, there may be flare, times sure. where you need to where you need to flare up a little bit. Yeah, but it should be rare. Yeah, it should be rare. The problem is it becomes a crutch for people, and then they just continue to do it more and more and more and more, and then it doesn't work. It's like it's kind of like drugs too. Right? The like when you like when you flare up on someone. Mm-hmm. And and you win or whatever yeah, yeah, you know yeah. you kind of like it. it worked yeah it worked and you kind of like it feels good it feels powerful mm. so I think some people that's how you know so they'll do it and it'll work and they'll be like yeah I don't need that little yeah and what's even worse again. is like when you when that's where you you learn from someone that's yeah. what you saw and then the, you do it and you go yeah. oh, it worked for me too and all yeah. I have to be is treat people bad and be a jerk and yell yeah. and the my subordinates will do what I tell them to do and they will. Right, mm-hmm. a subordinate will. If you bark at them and scream at them, they're going to do what you say at the moment. Mm-hmm. The problem is, what kind of team have you built? That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. What is that subordinate going to do when you're not there? Yeah. They're going to do everything they can to to cut corners and and really, they don't care about they don't care about you. They don't want to do a good job for you. Yeah. And so when you're not there, they're not going to do a good job for you. Yeah. So you get addicted to yelling and screaming, but it it doesn't work in in the broad sense of what you're trying to make happen. Yeah. Slowly falling apart. Next question. I'm 26 years old. I'm currently an undercover detective. I've recently been told that I'm being promoted to sergeant over our department's investigations division. I've been the youngest person to hold that position in our department's history. All the guys I'll be in charge of are much older, some in their late 40s. How do I, as a younger leader, lead them? How do you demand and earn respect from an older group? I'm ready for the job and know what the job entails, but I'm nervous to lead a group of nine people that are all older than me. So I'm, I've answered this question over and over again, and I'm going to do a quick job of it here just because people may not have gone back and listened to all, all the uh, other podcasts, but yeah, I've listened. The answer is always the same and it's always the same, whether you're a, young person leading old person, whether you're an old person leading young per people, whether you're a woman leading men, a man leading, man leading women, whether you're coming in from a different department into a new department that you don't know anybody, whether you're going into a thing that you don't have experience, it's like all the same. Basically what it is, you're going into a leadership position. Yeah, <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. Be humble, listen, take advice, build relationships, keep your ego in check, 
also the, one of the reasons I pulled did pull this question out is he's like, how do you demand respect? Well, the answer is you don't demand respect. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you do demand respect, you'll get anything but respect from people. Mm-hmm. So, so get that out of your head. You earn respect, and how do you earn respect? You respect them. In this case, you respect their experience. You respect their knowledge. You respect it. They've been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. You have respect for it. And when you show respect for them, they're going to respect you back. Now, none of this means be passive. Mm-hmm. Right? This doesn't mean cower down. No, you, you still have to lead. You still have to step up. But it does mean be humble, be open-minded, be proactive, listen, ask questions, ask for opinions, decentralize all aspects of operations, including the planning, which we already talked about. And then with all those things, set a high standard. And then the final and most important, well, I don't know, it's equally important, I'd say, work harder than everyone else and expect nothing in return. Mm. That's it. That's it. You're the boss. You You better be at work before everyone and you better be leaving work after everyone. Mm. And that's how you develop a reputation of being a hard worker and being a hard worker in its own right garners respect from most people. There's there's a, a fraction of losers that are like, oh, Echo, he works so much, it's it's so lame. Like, no. Well, Why, because I'm making him look bad or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's, he's just, he's, yeah. Like, there's a small fraction of people that, that might think that way, how, yeah. but but no, you work harder, you, you put in the time, you put in the effort, you study, you read what you're supposed to read, you get the professional knowledge that you're supposed to get. You don't impose that on people, yeah, but yeah. you have it. Because <laughs> yeah. your your book knowledge when you start off in this situation, your book knowledge isn't as strong as the experienced guys. In this case, you know, in the in the law enforcement, the guys that have been in the streets, they know stuff that you don't know. Yeah. So you study what you can, but you keep an open mind so you can listen to what their experience says yeah like don't impose on them wait when you say don't impose it on them does that mean don't impose them like make them it's like drive them echo uh section four two alpha of the document says that we're supposed to use this methodology when we do this yeah. you should know that methodology you should yeah. understand why Gosh. that methodology is important but if you say hey Jocko, we don't do it that way and here's why i shouldn't be like well i'm telling you <laughs> yeah, it's by yeah. the book yeah it's by the book now if it's by the book because it's there's an ethical reason yeah. okay well then that makes sense yeah. but if it's by the book because Just that's what the book says it's by, yeah. the book. by the book hmm. yeah 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 or you know the guy who's like who works extra hard, but he kind of in a way throws it in everyone's face how hard yeah, yeah, he yeah, works. No, you know, talking. don't be that guy. That's that's an important thing. It's a very important yeah. piece. Don't you don't step on people's toes with this stuff. Yeah, that's wrong. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's a joke. Check. Next question, <clears throat> Jocko. I'm extremely extremely driven and have high expectations for myself and my team. It appears that now I may have pushed them too hard. Mm. And they're developing negative attitudes. I feel like you're going to say play the game and develop relationships with them. But should I really just ignore who I am? Should I try to be someone different than myself? Uh, Yeah, well, you called it question person. Whoever asked this question, you called it. 
I that's exactly what I'm going to say. I'm going to say you need to play the game. Look at what your current path has done. Look at what you, the real you, look what it's done. The real you has has created a negative attitude with all your team. Mm-hmm. That's the real you. So, is that what you want to perpetuate? Creating negative attitudes against your with your team. And by the way, they're just getting started. Mm-hmm. And if you think negative, if you think you're going to keep acting the same way, and the negative attitudes are going to somehow miraculously turn positive, that's not happening. They're going to get more negative. Yeah. So when people have negative attitudes, I saw somebody quoted this the other day on, on social media, on Twitter. Someone, you know, no, the quote was like, no, 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 it's not my fault when I, my subordinates have a bad attitude or something like that. Mm. And about a bunch of people responded, like, you should read the book Extreme Ownership. <laughs> because it absolutely is your fault. Yeah. It is your fault. If your team has a bad attitude, it's your fault. You're the leader. You own the attitude. If their attitude is bad, then it's then it's actually your fault. Now, this is not to say that you can't have a bad apple on the team. That's completely possible. And who's responsible for getting rid of the bad apples? You are. You're the boss. Mm. Because the fact of the matter is you might have a bad apple on your team. You might even have two bad apples on your team. You don't have 14 bad apples on the team. Mm. When you have 14 battles of apples on the team, guess who the problem is? It's you. <laughs> So here's what you do a little little <clears throat> Tactical advice try and get some perspective From them try and understand where they're coming from what challenges they face what's pulling them off track and When you do this you kind of take ownership of it in your approach So you say hey guys, I I realize I don't think I'm really seeing things from your point of view and I need to because I'm here to support you and without you performing well, then we fail. So I think I need to do a better job of supporting you, and I can only do that if I know what your issues are so I can do my best to get them fixed. So what can I do better to help you? Right. So now they're going to start telling you, well, here's, well, here's well, there's this problem and there's that problem. And then what you do is you listen to their problems. You actually listen to their problems. You don't say, hey, quit complaining. <laughs> sure. No, you yeah. actually listen to their problems, and then you actually see what you can do to mitigate their issues and as you do that guess what's happening you're actually forming a bond you're actually forming into a team because you're working together to solve issues again i it it sounds really simple right but clearly here's someone asking this question now again like if you have some members of the team that are that are actual negative complaining whiners then you might have to get rid of them and and that's part of being a leader is knowing when you have to get rid of someone you, you know i sometimes people they they take the extreme ownership attitude and they say you know what i'm the leader i own everything i'm extreme ownership <laughs> and if someone's not performing well then that's my fault yeah that's my fault i need to coach them more i need to I need to do it's my fault that my team member is not doing well and that's correct it is your fault it's your responsibility to train them coach them mentor them and do whatever else you can do to fix them but at the end of the day if they still are not competent at their task and you've done everything you can it's you're responsible to get rid of them that is also a part of ownership so yeah like I'll have someone complaining that they've got oh this you know one of my team leaders like they're talking about their subordinate team leaders. What am I? This this guy's he's just a bad leader. Mm. Oh, why is he still here? 
Yeah. They, oh, your team, that team isn't doing well because they have a bad leader. Whose fault is that? Mm. Well, it's the leader's fault. No, it's your fault. You're in charge of the leader. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So back to the original question, your, uh, whatever you called it, your, who you actually are is not working well. He probably is thinking he's a Steve Jobs type. Hey, you know, come, we got to do this. Yeah. But it's not working. And he's not in a unicorn business model that's still making a ton of money regardless. So what does he have to do? Play the game. Build the relationships. See the perspective of your team so that you can actually form a team. Yeah. Be a better leader. That's basically what I'm saying. Yeah. So the in it's interesting. The you know, you know what they call framing. You know, you frame something, something a certain way to make it kind of sound a certain way, whatever. So he said, extremely driven and have high expectations for myself and my team. It appears that now I may have pushed them too hard, and they're developing negative attitudes. So having extreme, being extremely driven and having high expectations doesn't equal driving them too hard so they develop that negative attitude. those are two different yeah, things yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. you can still be extreme so yeah you it, can absolutely have extremely high expectations you can be driving extremely hard and you can still have a p- incredibly positive attitude with yeah. your team yeah no doubt yeah good point so and then it gets equated into that's just who I am. So <laughs> he just kind of put it all into one ball and without one, there's no other kind of situation. It's just not how it is. No. So apparently you might be committed. He might be committed to being all of these things and that's who I am and that's kind of it, you know, kind of thing. And I think that's like the mistake plenty of people make. We say this a lot where people will be like, hey, I'm just straightforward, you know, take me, take it yeah. or leave it kind of thing and be like, okay, but you're going to, in your case, lose, you know, in your, in your situation. That's the big piece is that in their case, they're going to lose. Yeah. So it, let me ask you this question. If you're so driven and you have such high expectations that you want to win so bad but the way you're performing as a human being and as a leader is going to make you lose, then what are you supposed to do? You change the way you behave. You become a better leader. Yeah. That's what you do. Yes, sir. So you take, and this is total uh, speculation on my part, but you keep, okay, so this equation that we're presented with, being extremely driven, keep that. High expectations, keep that. Pushing your team hard, keep that, I would say, too hard. And that's going to be a judgment call from day to day for sure. Um, but there's a part in here that's more implied that you're being an asshole. Somewhere in here, you're being an asshole. How about you take out that part, take out the being the asshole part, and then keep everything else. See how that goes. Yeah. Because you kind of know when you're being a dick. You mm. know what I'm saying? Unless you're like not being honest with yourself. There, there's some people that don't. Yeah, uh, there's some people so, that huh? don't get it. <laughs> there's some people that don't get it. Oh, right, because it's like, you know how like when you don't, st- like they some have, people, they just can't step outside of themselves and be sure. like, yeah, be like hey, if detach. you said that to me, I wouldn't care kind of thing and yeah, be like, yeah. bro, you, bruh, you know, you're not me and I'm not you kind of thing. Yeah, they yeah, you're right. They can't detach. Yeah. Yeah, there's absolutely people that, that don't know. Yeah. They're socially incapable of receiving, you know, clues, social clues yeah. from people, social cues from people. Yeah. You know, they don't see the look in their face when they're talking to them. 
Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, can, I'm thinking of like three examples oh, for right sure. now. There's all kinds of examples. Yeah. Also, that then that would go back to what you're saying. How you say get input from them. You know yes. So you got to kind of yeah. So you, yeah, you can do it, man. It's a solvable problem. Oh, this like is it. a very solvable problem, and I've seen people solve this problem. I, yeah. I've I've helped people solve this exact problem. You know. And I, the weird I, thing is, they think. And it's part ego, but it's also part their just their own person. They think they're doing a great thing, like they think that they're driving oh, and they're, they're, yeah. they're, everything that they're doing in their mind. They're just awesome yeah. for being for pushing so yeah. hard. It's just the way I am and all I that am. stuff. Mm. And they think it's awesome, mm. but again, if you want to win so bad, then you have to play the game. You won't win by abusing people. Yeah. You won't win with a team, anyways. Yeah. You won't. It won't happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's no use being the best dancer if you're not invited on the dance floor. One of those I'll deals. leave that one with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> no worries. Right, cool. Next question. Actually, that problem is so solvable that you could, this is possible, where you could just show just that much um, like more, I don't know, caring respect. or respect, respect, just that much, just respect. and do it for like two weeks. Yeah. Just the idea that, just the fact that you're doing it now, yeah. people will be like, "Hey, wait, he's showing a little bit." Here's more the thing. Here's the thing. If a person has an ego, which this person could very well have a big ego, because that's why they have these high expectations, and that's why they're so driven. Because they just they, if they have that kind of ego, that's the person that you can't help, mm. because they just look at the team and say, "Those guys should be harder workers." Yeah, yeah, those guys aren't working as hard as me. They're not as focused as I am. Yeah, they don't care as much as I do. So, so everyone else on the team right. has a problem. Yeah, but but I'm perfect, and you can't. You, you know, look at how driven I am. Look at how focused I am. Look at how high my expectations are of myself. But if mm. if you can't, here's another thing: if your team cannot relate to your expectations, like they don't even. They don't even see him as realistic or achievable or anything. What good, what good are your expectations? Yeah. yeah. What good are they? They're not any good. No good. They don't make any sense. That's true. Next question. Dear Jocko, I've been watching some of your YouTube links with great interest. Must be a subscriber to the YouTube channel. Yep. <laughs> watching those videos. I'm sure you're extremely busy, but I have a question. Which, if you have time, I would greatly appreciate your reply. I have taken very polite opening, by yeah, the way. Very much so. Okay, Dang, I'm gonna incorporate that uh, approach. <laughs> so, I've been t- I've taken up BJJ Jiu-Jitsu recently in London, in the UK. So, uh, so a beginner. I know you're a great advocate of the system, but my basic question is: your opinion? Does it truly relate to real life fight situations? I'm a man now approaching my mid-40s in pretty good shape, and I'm looking to focus on a martial art that would help me if I ever need to defend myself or my family. I love the discipline and humility of BJJ and as a workout. I know, and I know the philosophy of BJJ is that most fights end up on the ground, and it's here that BJJ excels. But what of the other guys, or what of the other guys who might be standing around ready to battle bottle you or kick you in the head once you're grappling on the ground etc again this is a question that first of all we i've answered this a lot of times sure but i'll answer it one more time sure uh jiu-jitsu is the best place to start 
that you should also learn boxing, wrestling, kickboxing. This is all in Discipline Equals Freedom Field Manual. So if you get that book, this will be laid out for you very well. Does so so yes, that's what you should start studying with. This guy, mid forties, needs wants to learn something. Yes, start with jujitsu. Does it relate to real real life situations? Yes, it does. It absolutely does. I've been in them. It's extremely effective, and you can see that over and over again. Speaking of YouTube, you can see how effective jujitsu is in real fights. Now, it's important to remember that for self-defense, the grappling arts in general should be used primarily to get away, to avoid going to the ground, right? Like when you bring up, oh, well, what if there's other people that might be there? You, you should, why are you on the ground? Mm-hmm. Jiu-jitsu will give you the best opportunity to get up off the ground. That's what it gives you. And then you can get away from the people that are getting ready to sm- stick you with a bottle, a smashed bottle, or getting ready to kick you in the head. If you don't know jujitsu, guess what you're doing? You're on the ground, and you're getting kicked in the head, and you're getting stabbed with a bottle. That's why you train jujitsu, so you can get up off the ground, not so you can take someone to the ground. Because, by the way, and I've said this before, if your goal is to punch me, and you're standing at a punching distance or a striking distance from me, I can just run away. That's my self-defense. I can get away from you. Mm-hmm. So that's why we train jujitsu. That, that's the primary, that's why you should start with it. Because otherwise, I'm just gonna get away from you. If you're not, gra- if once you grab me though, I can't get away from you anymore. Mm-hmm. Now I have to be able to, to handle myself. Yep. That's why I know jujitsu. So I can handle myself once you've grabbed me. If you're not grabbing me, I can just get away from you. I can just run away from you. Mm-hmm. If you don't wanna run away because it's gonna hurt your pride, mm-hmm. well then guess what? That's that's why you train all the time. I mean, now now we go back and forth and we can talk about all the negative things that will happen if you get into a street fight, like the fact that you can get hurt, you can get stabbed, you can get shot, you can get sued, you can get arrested, you can ruin your life, you can do all these horrible things can happen if you get in a street fight. So 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 that's why my advice to you is to avoid street fights. Yeah. That's what you do. And by the way, that's why you work on your awareness. That's why you make your 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 wife and your children aware of what's going on around them to pay attention to what's happening in the street it's one thing that was interesting when i was in australia and i was in a nice part of australia there's and i was talking to some people about it you know there's just a very relaxed atmosphere Mm -hmm. where i was i was standing in a very nice part of australia there's a very relaxed atmosphere Mm -hmm. when you're in america there's a heightened Atmosphere. There's a heightened awareness you have to have, and depending mm-hmm. on where you are, and it's the same thing. I'm sure in Australia, I only went to the nice part. I'm sure you could go to some some tough areas where you better be more aware of what's happening. But teach your kids, because some kids don't know the difference. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't even know the difference of what to look out for, what kind of people you need to watch out for in the street. So work on that, and then yes, train. And you're in UK, and and, and of course I've said this before. If you're truly in a situation where you feel threatened on a regular basis, well, then what you need is a firearm. Because mm-hmm. if someone's going to attack you with a knife or with a bottle or themselves having a gun, the only jujitsu isn't going to help you. Mm-hmm. Boxing is going to help you. A screamer is not going to help you if someone has a gun. So, yeah. And and by the way, oh yeah, if you're in a knife fight and you know some screamer, that will help you. But what if the other guy's better than you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what what if there's two of them? Yeah. The minute you put two people against one, 
the odds of winning are just extremely low. Yeah. Extremely low. Does it happen? Yes, it happens. Can you knock someone out? Yes, you can. That's why you train boxing. Yeah. So, yes, again, train some jujitsu. Start there and go and keep going and don't stop. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like this question always comes from a place where they just assume all these things and those things are, I'm going to choose to get in a fight with someone Bring it to the ground in the middle of the street or in yeah. the club. I don't know wherever, wherever there's potential other attackers with bottles mm-hmm. and kicks to the head. And so all these things are just assumed, kind of like, yeah, you take jujitsu. Now you can go to the club and get in fights and win all the time. It's kind of mm-hmm. like that's kind of where the question's coming from, where uh, you said, yeah, it, it allows you to get up. And it, so basically, it allows you to control your situation, your fight more. scenario. Yeah, more. more. Yes. Um, and I would even say it allows you a lot more to control it because even if even if you do take it let's say you take it to the ground i meant more by a little bit more more. than nothing yeah Yeah. no yeah i'm saying a lot more because really when you think of it and and i try to granted i'm yeah even like at a beginner level so let's say okay if you choose to engage with someone in some kind of fight right it's up to you how heavy you want to take that fight you, you want to go to 10 you go to 10 you want to go to just one you can go to one so if you wind up on the ground which is the worst place to be if you don't know anything mm. on the ground yeah and that's aside from how you said if the guy has a gun and shoots you that's a, yeah, you, yeah. you're talking about that's not even a fight scenario that's you know um so you wind up on the ground it's a gunfight it's a gunfight yeah um y- if you know boxing you're going to have almost no control over that scenario if we're in the ground oh, and someone's on, the ground? on top of oh, you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your, boxing is, your boxing is not worthless. Yeah, marginalized, we'll say. It's, but it's heavily marginalized. Yeah. Heavily marginalized. Yeah. Same thing with, you know, kickboxing and, and whatever. So there's that. If you know jujitsu, just a little bit of jujitsu. If you're on the ground, you have control of the fight more, depending on your level, whatever. So... If you if you're at that point still facing a threat of someone with a bottle or kicks to the head or whatever while you're on the ground, compare if you know jujitsu versus if you don't know jujitsu, you're still saving way more control. Way more. So meanwhile, like the boxing situation or karate situation, whatever is gonna gonna be less effective in in controlling your situation. Now, if you don't look at it like that. Like if you look at it like, okay, this guy's squaring up to me. Now I want to mess him up as, as quickly as I can then, okay, you know, like you can do boxing and just take it to 10, but you don't have the option of taking it from one, yeah. two, three, or nothing like yeah, that. Yeah, but the other thing is, like, it's hard to knock someone out. <laughs> That's the second it's, part. It's hard to knock someone out. Yeah. Does it happen? Yeah, it yeah. does happen. And it, it can happen to you, too. It can yes. happen to you, too. It's But it's hard to knock someone out. Mm-hmm. And... It's it's risky as soon as you start saying okay you and I are gonna just trade punches there's a risk for yep. for both of us there's a risk for me the assurance of me being able to handle the situation the way I want it to go by closing the distance with you getting control getting a hold of you if I'm trained and you're not pff, yeah you, you're 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 done yeah you're done right that's the way it works yeah and then even then that's like if you choose for this guy to be done so if you're if your sole purpose is to keep yourself safe yeah you could just put the guy to sleep and walk away yeah you or gently lay him down or on the just ground? be like mount i'm not even hurt i'm not gonna put him to sleep nothing mount you see a guy you can see the guy coming with a bottle or whatever yeah. way more if yeah. you 
No jujitsu. So yeah. it, well, there's know. the whole thing of when you're just used to the physical contact, you the, the 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 bodies clashing and you know, grappling. Less shocking. Yeah. So yeah, train jujitsu. Then train boxing, wrestling, kickboxing. And then, of course now people will be like, what about judo? Yes, train judo. What about sambo? Yes, train sambo. Yeah. What else? What else do I need to cool? What about Krav Maga? Sure. Train it. Yeah. Yeah, train everything. Yeah. I'm down. I think start with jujitsu. What you said on a real general level is the most critical thing. It's like when someone gets a hold of you, like and you put this into perspective a while ago when you were like, Yeah, if someone wants to fight you, walk away mm. or run away. Yeah. You go, but and you said all these scenarios, you run away. Yep. You go away. You want to keep yourself safe? You yeah. you don't be there. The best thing to do to avoid the the getting punched, falling on the curb, dying, getting stabbed, getting kicked, getting stabbed with a bottle, getting arrested, getting lawsuit. Getting all those things happening, the best thing to do, run away, walk away. Yeah, leave. Fully. And then you said, but what happens when you can't run away? Because the so, guy grabs you. There it there is. There you have it. Yeah. So, yeah. So it seems like, yeah, I'm going to train boxing so I can do self-defense. Oh, no, you want to fight somebody. That's what you want to do. You want to punch people in the face. It, well, boxing. With no jujitsu, I mean. Yeah. I mean, but boxing is a, is a skill that everybody should have. Not everyone. Good people should have. Because... There's two critical things on that that you learn from boxing is how to punch people and how to avoid getting punched. Yeah, and how to keep your guard up, right? Fully, those are important. Those are really important skills to have. Yeah, fully. But what what I mean is, if you're starting from nothing and you're like, okay, I'm gonna, um, you know, I'm gonna choose to address my self defense situation. Have, you have a fantasy that you saw a guy on YouTube that was clearly a boxer knock up, knock out two people in a street fight, and you're like, mm-hmm. that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, yeah, that's and what And what I mean. you actually watched was a guy that was a Golden Gloves boxer yeah. who was sober, knock out two drunk yeah. idiots, yeah. and guess what, a Golden Gloves boxer will do that. Have you ever sparred with a Golden Gloves boxer? They're freaking good. <laughs> <laughs> they're freaking good. <laughs> no kidding. They're 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 uh you know like a black belt yeah. in boxing. Yeah, and they will knock out two drunk guys all day long. Yeah, yeah. It's weird too because you kind of. But if one of those, if a third drunk guy or even that first drunk guy grabs a hold of the boxer, yeah, and just and gets him to the ground, the boxer's going to be in trouble. Yeah, that's the way it is. We and this isn't like my thoughts. This is fact. Yeah. This is like I, I talked about this in discipline in the field manual. It's like, look, we, there's no conjecture. It's not like I wonder what would happen. No, yeah. we know what happens. We know what happens when two people fight, and and you can watch all the different various types of styles going at it, and you can watch what happens. Yeah. And sure, you can find the rare video where hey, this boxer knocks out a couple drunk people or 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 even hey the boxer knocks out the jiu-jitsu guy does that happen yes it can absolutely happen that's why you train boxing too yeah next question i've not been working out regularly regularly for several years now obviously i'm fat and lazy but i want to get after it (laughs) so the question is should i go all in level nine destruction maximum madness or ease into it at level three cruising edition Respect. Uh, all right. Well, this, there's a couple different approaches. Now, when I hear this, first of all, you, you don't want to get hurt, right? Mm-hmm. And you also don't want to make yourself try and do things that are so hard and so painful that you can't do it repeatedly. 
So if you just destroy yourself, what do you say? If you destroy yourself, level nine destruction, maximal madness, but then you can't work out for two more weeks. Well, guess what? What'd you do in the mean? No, let's say realistically you got doms. Doms, sure. Right? Delayed onset muscle soreness. Let's say you did so many burpees that your legs, you couldn't sit down without your legs being in pain. So now, so you take, so you take three days Four days. Have you ever had doms so bad that you took four days off? No. Okay. Let's say you take three days off. Mm. What did you do during those three days? Did you hold the line? Did you stay on the path? Yeah. Or were you eating Cheetos? Yeah, yeah, and on your rest Coca-Cola? Day. Yeah. That's what you were doing. So if you destroy yourself to where you can't stay on the path, that's not good. Mm. You want to stay on the path. I think doing something that you can handle or maybe something just beyond what you can handle every single day is more important so going at a level not not cruising level not level three but let's let's find a solid level five where yeah. you can you're pushing yourself I write a thousand words a day when I'm writing and do the equivalent of that right the reason I read because if I said okay I, tonight I just today I just have to write 5,000 words that's five hours yeah well do I have five hours today no I don't yeah. I can squeeze out 52 minutes though and get a thousand words written that I can do so that's That's what I think you need to do. You need to get consistent If you bite off more than you chew then you can chew you 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 might very well choke on it So, so don't so don't do that Keep. So pick something realistic Do, do people say that? That must uh, that's be a the saying. first time I heard it. So I'm. Um, if you impressed. bite off more than you can chew, you, you might, might choke, choke on, on it. it. Did you make that up, or uh, you get that from somewhere? I think I. Well, I just. I don't know. I, I think it. I made it up. It's good, but I'm sure someone like will be it. like, "No, this guy said it in 1978." Yeah, yeah, yeah but you that's heard the, it. Still. That's the beauty of it. Still good. So pick something realistic, like something that you can handle, and then get after it. Then the, the other thing here is he doesn't talk about his diet at all, and that's clearly equally important and you have to change your diet if you're gonna change your life and you're gonna change your health so stop eating sugar stop eating processed foods no more soda and juices and no more Gatorade just to start with to right start. or whatever it is whatever that it is that you're doing uh, whoever asked this question whatever you know what you're doing if you're eating donuts Wrong. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't eat donuts anymore. Stop. Yeah. Just stop eating those. Yeah. Get rid of that sugar sweetness craving thing. Yeah. And then just keep making your diet cleaner and cleaner as time goes by. Yeah. So that's what I think. Is there any time that it's good? Because sometimes I think it's good when people do go like, "All right, man, I'm done." Yeah. Like I, whatever happened, they went up the staircase and they, they, they got all tired and they say, you know what? I'm done. Yeah. It starts tomorrow. But I think in those cases, most of the time, who was it? Who was it that we were talking to? Talking to someone, uh, someone that they or I was talking to someone that their first thing they tried to do, they couldn't do it all. Mm. Like they tried to run three miles and they were like, you know what? Can't do it. Mm. Can't run three miles. Oh, it might have been that guy. There's a guy that's losing a bunch of weight on the interwebs. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. I think he's down in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's trying to lose a lot of weight. And the first time he went, tried to go for a run, didn't happen. Yeah. Didn't happen. So yeah. he had to just run less. Yeah. <laughs> or he had to just walk, actually. Right, start slower. So, yeah, you, you start 
with what you can do. But there is a little bit of, there is, there is, I would try, I would say this, keep this one in the, in the back of your mind. There is the whole thing of like, you know what? I'm changing my life right now. You yeah. go home, you get the garbage can out, you bring it into the kitchen, you throw away the Twinkies, you throw away the Pop-Tarts, you throw away the, the you pour the, the crappy soda down the drain and you get on the path and you just don't look back. Yeah. That's a good thing to do too. Yeah. But again, if that person's 300 pounds, they're not going to be able to do, I mean, they're going to push themselves. Yeah, they could push themselves too hard, I yeah. guess. So you just got to be careful. Yeah. So, and that it's funny when, um, when I'm kind of looking at the question, I'm like, well, obviously you want to start slow, right? Obviously. But then I don't know, you hear about these guys, just like how you said, they're just, they throw everything away. They yeah. were like, I'm a different person right now. I think, I think we're, we're, we're crossing streams here or I am there's diet and then there's like workout Yeah. because diet, you can pretty much go cold Turkey today. Yeah, it lets, and you may or may not be able to relate to this, but if you go straight extreme on your diet, like all of a sudden, you're hit with these, the byproducts of changing your diet, especially if you, if you like, like Mountain Dew every single day, mm. right? And you just all of a sudden, boom, stop drinking Mountain Dew. Right. You'll go through stuff that you might not expect. Like the craving will <sighs> hit you so hard. What are we going to so put hard. the guy on freaking minimal doses of Mountain Dew? Yeah. No. Yeah, basically. Stop. No. Basically. I'm, I'm going to say no. Just stop. <laughs> stop Mountain drinking Dew. Mountain Dew. You don't need it. I, yeah, and, and I dig and it. And you're going to go through withdrawals, right? You're yeah. You're going to go through so. caffeine withdrawals and sugar withdrawals. And you're going to get the, the, the keto flu and all those things are going to happen and it's going to be rough. But Yeah, but don't just say it like that. It's going to be rough, but that's all. Hey, bro, seriously, if you go into that and you experience these types of things, and it's going to apply to everything, by the way, any big change that you make where you, you have to deprive yourself of these bad things that you've become kind of addicted to or whatever, you're going to go through all kinds of changes. And that goes for workout too, by the way, because like just the soreness alone. Oh, dang, I okay. wasn't expecting the soreness. Oh, I'm like tired now because the workout like was kind of hard it's like oh shit i wasn't expecting that i was expecting to feel great after my workout how everyone says or whatever so mm. you're gonna run into all these little things that That's no one tells point. you about and then it's like well i didn't sign up for that little part of it and then yeah, what about yeah, that yeah, little yeah. part and then well, you're gonna again i path. think the diet thing i think you're wrong i think the diet thing i think if you're good i think it's very i think it's easier in fact to just be like i'm done it's not like okay you know what i'm only gonna eat a quarter bag of cheetos a day from now on I don't think that works. <laughs> I think you got to be like, no, 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 no yeah. Cheetos, not no Cheetos in my house. Yep. But I do think that you could work out so hard that you're so sore that you that you say, oh, man, I'm just too like kind of like the jujitsu question earlier on. Like you could be what if someone's so sore that they can't do their job. Yeah. Right. Sure. And they're just sore all day at work. Well, that's not cool. Yeah. So yeah. I think for diet, you can you can go cold turkey. Or actually, cold steak, <laughs> or hot steak. Sure. And then I think for working out is the one you 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 figure out what you can do, and you push it a little bit harder, but you don't go level nine maximum destruction madness. I think you're wrong, respectfully. And which part do you think I'm wrong on? The, the diet? diet. I think if you go extreme with your diet, I think the it'll work. For some people, for sure. Uh, but depending on who you are, but I think you're more if you go extreme with the diet. You don't like slowly phase out you know the bad things. You know what's in your interesting? Diet? You know what's interesting? Uh, I don't know if you remember. I read a letter a while back on the podcast about a guy that had read Way of the Warrior Kid, and he like mm-hmm. fixed his life. Yeah, man. That guy did what you're saying. He mm-hmm. just made little changes. Yeah, he made little changes along the way. So, 
Maybe it's person. It's probably personality. In it fact, is. let's just Agreed. go ahead and say it, it's personality. Okay. Some people are going to just have to get the damn Cheetos out of their house, all of them. Yeah. And some people say, you know what? I'm only going to have this one cup full of Cheetos every day. Yeah. And even and that's okay. It, but but here's where you got to be careful. You may lie to yourself. <laughs> oh yeah, big time. And <laughs> you can lie to yourself. And, yeah. And, you and, can lie to yourself and be like, ah, you know. I don't really that 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 big of a deal today. If I just have yeah. two cups of Cheetos instead, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and then yeah. nine cups of Cheetos later, <laughs> yeah, but you still have covered the in Cheeto dust. See, and respectfully, I don't like your Cheetos example. Why? Beca- because you're like, I'm gonna allow myself cheat. Okay, don't allow yourself Cheetos. That's not how small of a change you're gonna make. If you're not gonna eat Cheetos anymore, you're not gonna eat Cheetos anymore. I'm saying like, if you go extreme on your diet, let's say you eat, but but wouldn't you say what you're saying is, hey. I'm going to change my diet. Okay. I used to eat every day. I'd eat a whole bag of Cheetos. Mm -hmm. And now I'm only going to eat one cup of Cheetos from the bag a day. That's improvement. It is improvement. And it's small improvement. And if I could do that, then why, why is that not okay? Yeah. Okay. If you choose to do that, but I, okay, now we're going into the specifics of a certain person's thing. I I would say this, this is more along the lines of what I'm thinking as far as specific examples. If you're going to go, if I'm going to eat one bag of Cheetos, obviously that's not all I'm eating. I'm eating other stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm the small change is I'm not going to eat Cheetos anymore. I'm going to cut out Cheetos. That's it. I'm still not eating that good. You know, I'm going to cut out Cheetos or let's say I get, get, um, you know, drive through every day. Three times a day. Okay. I won't get drive through anymore. Or all that's a big change. N- not necessarily, depending on what you get. Going from three drive throughs a day to to zero. How's that not a big change? Yeah, that's a big change. How is I going guess. from like? And there's certain people. Actually, I was talking to someone uh, the other day that had lost 150 pounds, a uh, female, mm. and it was interesting. Her nutritionist. She hired a nutritionist. Mm-hmm. And the nutritionist said, okay, what are the foods you can't live without? Yeah. And we'll work around those. Yeah, That's yeah. a pretty cool thing. Yes. And what she said was, I need cheeseburgers and fries. Okay. So then what she got told was something along the lines of, okay, you can have cheeseburger and fries on Friday. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's what I was going to say. And so the then weekends. instead of you know this this whole thing of I can never eat it. Now what I'm saying is there are people, and I think I'm one of these people, where it's like, Oh, if I have cheeseburgers and fries today, well, then I might as well just get a mint chocolate chip milkshake with it. Yeah. And if I did that tonight, then you know what? Tomorrow morning, hey, after you get done training, maybe you know that cheeseburger was good yesterday. I'll have so maybe it's yeah. my own personal weakness, but for me, I'd, I'd prefer to be just like on the path. Yeah, yeah. That's why the 80-20 rule, and I talked about this in the field manual, the 80-20 rule, maybe it works for some people, and I guess it does work for me, but I'd rather just be straight on the program. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and then and you know what? You know, Tim Ferriss has that thing where or he's talked about that thing where he goes six days hardcore mm-hmm. strict and then the seventh day you yeah. literally eat whatever you want as yeah. much as you can. And I, I haven't that. tried that. I have, and it's really, really good. Yeah. Because you feel really really good not only physically but just about the whole i'm on the program and you kind of know and on that on that cheat day you do they call it the cheat day you eat whatever you want and you don't feel any guilt at all Mm -hmm. even when you're on the 80 20 it's like you have to be coming off a real strong week 
to like be to feel good about guilt the cheeseburger. Free, like cheeseburgers free. are good too. Yeah, right? and that's not even really that bad of a cheat day. Oh, really? A cheat what day about cheeseburger is like fries. Fries. Then you're starting to go into it for sure. But <laughs> the I'm t- like, you know, a cheat day, cheat day. Like ask Tim Hilt. It'll be like for real, like a whole thing of donuts, really? a box of cookies. Yeah, whatever you want. Straight up whatever you want. That's just disgusting. Here's the thing though, with when you when you start to eat healthy and you then you try to eat a whole box of donuts, you after like one, two, three, maybe six, eight donuts, you're gonna be like <laughs> Have you, you know, ever eaten six donuts? Oh, easy. So you've yeah. eaten six donuts in one second. Oh my gosh, you know those I think they're called Intamins, old fashioned. They're you know oh, what you an old the, fashioned donut is. You mean the little is? chocolate donuts? No, you know what a old like full size donut. Straight up, <laughs> they're kind of a little bit bigger too. You know, okay, <laughs> bro. You know, um, <laughs> oh man, you know, the, I can't even fathom eating six donuts. Bro. Ever since I started talking so much smack about donuts, yeah, I, I know I can't literally can never have one again in my life. Yeah, no, you're not allowed for yeah, sure, hundred percent, hundred percent. I can not never even, have a donut yeah. again. Even, I can never have a bite. Even if you were like, if someone was like, hey, just it's a bummer because I, I, when I was a little kid, my parents would buy the chocolate donuts, the Hostess chocolate yeah, donuts that were cool. covered in chocolate. <laughs> those things are good. Yeah, yeah, I can't even have one of those again. Nope. No, Maybe done. if I did the six day cheat program. Nope. Even then, <laughs> no, you can't. I can't do it. Yeah, you know. You know what an old-fashioned donut is, right? It's like a... Just a donut with a hole in it, right? No, it's called old-fashioned donuts. No. They're like, um, it's they're kind of glazed and almost like a... not. They're not crispy, but they're kind of hardy or hard on, okay. on the outside. Yeah. And then they're regular soft donuts on the inside. And they have this glaze over them. Okay, so I think it's... I forget the name. I think it might be Entenmann's. But they have old-fashioned donuts where they're not as hard, but they're <laughs> kind of hard and they're just bigger. Anyway, those were my favorite ones, and I used to get chocolate milk and heat up the chocolate milk, oh, so it's yeah. like hot chocolate and donuts, and oh yeah, easy money. Like I'll eat two boxes of those for sure. Or oh, I used to not wow. anymore. Oh yeah. So not the healthy. point there is on the cheat day, you just go. Yeah, like, no. no shame. But after the thing is, you can't just eat donuts four times a day or three times. You just don't feel good. Like your stomach gets all upset, and the more healthy you eat, the more it's going to be like that. So the longer you're on the path, you start like if you ate. Some donut, like a, the other day we went to the Belmont Park and I ate some ice cream, some mint chocolate chip ice cream. Was it good? <laughs> it was fine. It was good. But you know, the kids are doing it, I whatever. I had some moose tracks the other night. Yeah. You eat a big, large, double, you know, whatever. After, after that, you're like, bro, I don't feel right, you know? So unless you're just committed to eat it, because I don't know, you don't want to waste it or something like that, you're going to be like, oh, my cheat, your cheat day is not going to be that bad. Is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. But I you still do I have I that could, freedom. I can make it happen. Depends on I what it is. Yeah. Up, yeah. yeah, yeah. You could pound some chili fries or something like that. <laughs> I don't like chili fries. All right. So, yeah. Maybe. What's the verdict then? I think just in the like middle of the road, not the, the whole starting thing. So, that's the same thing. thing I said balance. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. so you're right. saying balance as well. I'll so. tell you though, man, if that balance doesn't work for you, you're going to have to step it up. You're going to have to go hardcore. I'd give yourself two weeks. Two weeks for a balanced approach on the diet side. If yeah. you can't get your shit under control in two weeks, you got to go hardcore. You got to get in there with a garbage can, throw away the Twinkies, throw away everything else that's crap in your fridge, and, yeah. and go hardcore. <clears throat> that go, and start with a fast too, right? <laughs> See now, hey, <clears throat> hey, a fast is awesome. A if fast you know is a great way. Wait, 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 I don't even know that there's that much to expect. If don't eat never, for a day. If you've never done it before, it it's comes not that big of a stuff. deal. There's no little stuff. Don't eat yeah, for a day. There, there is little. There's stuff. not. 
take it from a normal human being. <laughs> There's little stuff that you, if you're not, if you go in and not prepared for it, then you're like, oh, I, actually I don't think, know. I actually think the more you think about it and prepare for it, the more psychologically yeah. hard it is. Yeah, Just true. be like, oh, yeah, you know what? I woke up this morning. So I haven't eaten last night. Cool, I'm not going to eat until tonight. Every time That's I- That's a fast. Yeah, so it's when I plan it like that, when I'm like, I'm not going to eat till this, then I go through little stuff. But oh. if I just have, if I'm too into work right. and I'm only drinking coffee and I forget, I'm like, dang, if, if I eat now, I haven't ate for like, you know- 12 hours, hours 16 then hours. I'll be like, oh, I'll just go another three. That's yeah. my 15 because it's like 15, right? 15 hours is when your body starts to kind of shift oh, over to like a thing. I think 15. Okay. If I, what I read is cool. So I'll just wait the extra hour and it's like, cool, done. But if I plan it, that's when, yeah, you, I don't know. But it depends on who you are, man. But that's a but good way I to agree kick with the things fast. off. Yeah, I It's agree. a good way to kick things off and get like jump onto the path. Yeah. Just jump on with a fast. Yeah, but hey, go see your doctor or whatever. <laughs> Do you have to go see a doctor to fast twenty four hours? I, I think, think you so. should. If you've been yeah, probably yeah, quote unquote, unquote, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, fat, lazy, you know, yeah. especially if you're older or something like that. I think seeing a doctor does it help to get a personal trainer? Depends on what you the mean by woman, help. But the yes. woman I just talked to, she's like personal trainer and nutritionist. Hired them both. Yeah. Lost a hundred whatever pounds. So. I think she was in excess of 300 pounds. Yeah. And when I met her, she's completely normal, right? Like, mm. you know, completely, like you wouldn't even suspect that she had any weight trouble in her life. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So hire the yeah. trainer, hire the, the, the nutritionist. Yeah, I think so. I think that helps. I always looked at it like, why would I hire like a trainer or something like that when I can kind of look up that stuff? But here's the thing. I went in with this bias, like, cause I kind of had a background in it. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, why would I, I can just go look at, but I'm looking it up, but well, I have all this other knowledge. Maybe same rule. You try it for two weeks. See if you can keep yourself on the path. And yeah. if you can't, you got to bring someone in. Right. Here's what I like. Hire a trainer, but not like the kind every day. It's like a once a week trainer who can get you on a little program. Yeah. And yeah, kinda, that's true. you know, it's going to depend on who you are yeah. straight up, you know, who can keep you on. Yeah. And that's the biggest the right part of all this. And I've said this a billion times, like, you know what you need to do. Yeah. You know what you need to do. You know, you know what you need to do. If you can't get yourself to do it, maybe you need to get someone to help you do it. Yeah. The weird thing is. Like nutritionists and stuff, you can get nutritionists that could come to you and be like, "Okay, we're gonna go put you on a low fat diet," you know, which would be really not good. Send you in the wrong direction. Yeah, I don't know how many. You think there's still nutritionists that are doing that right now? I, oh I don't yeah, know. I know there are. I know there are actually. They're oh, they're out there, so you got to be careful of that. Check. Next question. Last thing, Dad. I'm not gonna draw it out, but you said, you know what you need to do, and. One time you said, imagine what your day would look like like if you, like everything you did was you did the things that you knew you were supposed to yeah. do kind of thing. Well, the, 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 full, the full statement is if you wrote down tonight what you were supposed to do tomorrow yeah. and then you did the things that you were supposed to yeah, do, yeah, yeah. imagine how that day would feel and imagine what you'd get done in that day. Yeah. And then imagine if you did that every day for a week. Yeah. And then imagine if you did that every day for a month and then you did it for a year. And imagine where your life would be. Your life would be in a completely different trajectory. Completely. Completely different. Yeah. And that's true with working out. That's true with nutrition. That's true with business. That's true with education. That's true with knowledge. It's true with 
everything. Everything. So yeah. we kind of know what we're supposed to do. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to say some people don't know what to do. And that could be the case. Some people, they've never worked out before. Yeah. And if you're a person that's never worked out before, you probably need to bring someone into the game that's going to help show you how to work out. If you've never done any reading about eating and you have no idea what's going to be good for you, you're probably a person that might need to bring someone into the game to help you get over that. Yeah, and it still completely goes with exactly what you said. It's like you know what to do, and even to help that, you know what not to do. Like when you're you're about to make a decision, I'm gonna do this or not do this. Like you know which one is you should or shouldn't do. So let's say I don't know anything about working out, but I know I have to get in shape. We all know, you know, we all know when we got to get in shape. So then you know you got to hire somebody. You know you got to yeah. do something. You know that you tomorrow. shouldn't just be like, oh well, I'm not gonna do it. I don't know, I'm not gonna do it. Things to do tomorrow. Yeah. Get a trainer. Yeah. Join a gym. Get a trainer. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Okay, this is what you could do. Find out what to do. There you go. Exactly. In, in that case. So, yeah, it makes sense. Sometimes when you put things in, just say stuff. Just put it on the table. It just starts to make sense. Mm. Next question. I'm a veteran of the infantry, and when I took over a fire team, for the first time I made the mistake of drawing hard lines in the sand. This immediately alienated members of that team that had been together for some time. I did not make that mistake again, and I definitely learned from my experience. So uh, clearly there's not a question there. Yeah. And uh, and I forget pulling this out from, I get a lot of emails and messages and all that, but I, I thought it was a good point to bring up to say, you know, this idea of drawing hard lines in the sand mm. and what that does to your leadership position it's it's a it's a difficult it's usually not a good thing to do if you draw a lot hard lines in the sand and eventually you realize that they're either unrealistic or people can't maintain them you've set yourself up for failure what is that exactly like drawing lines so it's in like the no sand? matter what we will not gotcha blah blah blah, blah yeah there, there's the line no we'll matter that. what we will we will win Every single road march that we do as a fire team in this while we're while we're here on yeah. this training thing mm -hmm. Okay, well guess what that's a that's hard yep. <laughs> There's other there's some other fire teams that are also want to win mm -hmm. And and so you've drawn a hard line to send that's not really a good example A good example is like no matter what we're gonna muster every morning at 430 in the morning mm -hmm. no matter what and you know, then the guys are out on patrol until 2.38 in the morning, and now the next morning, you're good no matter what. I said, no mm. matter what. Well, it's, it's not good for them. It's unrealistic. So you drew a hard line in the sand, and now you got to back it down. So, And all you have to do is soften the statement a little bit. Hey, guys, to the best of our ability, if we can, we're going to get here every morning at 4.30 for muster. There's a little, there's a little room to play there, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's fine. So... Again, I, I there's there's not a lot of there's not a question here, but one of the reasons I think that that I that I wanted to talk about it was because I think people look at me yeah. and even hear me on a peripheral level mm -hmm. and they think, Oh, I bet Jock would just lay down the hard lines. <laughs> sure. And it's it's my way or the highway, right? Yeah. And and the 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 opposite is actually true. And the reason that I came to that conclusion was because I worked for leaders like that and I hated working for leaders like that. 
Mm. So I tried to never be a leader like that. Hmm. And there's a dichotomy, right? Sure. There's a huge dichotomy. Mm. Because this doesn't mean that you're not driving and pushing. This doesn't mean that you're not saying, hey, we're going to be the best whatever. We're going to be the best task unit here. It doesn't mean you're not saying, hey, look, we're not going to rest until we've done what we're supposed to do. It doesn't mean that. Mm. But man, you got to find that balance. Yeah. It does feel like that with you. That yeah. you're like, it feels like that. But when you're one, I mean, it, my experience obviously is un, we're under no like extreme circumstances. Right. But just like, just like the simple stuff. Like it really does seem like you wake up at 4.30 in the morning, every single morning, do or die. Well, 100%. That, that I did. That I do. Uh, unless like there's sometimes where I get home at, like I remember a little while ago, I got home at one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And that's basically my cutoff zone. If I'm getting yeah. less than four and a half hours of sleep, then I'll be like, oh, yeah, and I've, I'll yeah. wake up and I've been like, hey, I only got two and a half hours of sleep last night. That's not enough. I'm going back to bed. Right. That's it. And that's what I mean. Where I've tweeted that out before. Yeah. I know. I'm that's too tired. I, yeah. Yeah. I get. Yeah. That's that's what I mean. Yeah. So it's like when when that happens, it almost like he catches you off guard, you know? When yeah. you when you when you did that, I mean, obviously not like oh, Joko's not as strict. It's not that feeling yeah, at yeah. all. It's just kind of like oh, dang. You do have that flexibility when you know when it's the correct thing, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, you're not a slave to your uh, rigidity. Well, what you're saying is I don't draw hard lines in the sand. Taking exactly. it back to the question. Yes, exactly right. But it's real easy to go down the slippery slope of like, well, yeah. I, you know what? I, I actually didn't eat real good yesterday, so I probably need some more sleep to recover yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, I am. I'm. It's a rest day, so I might as well turn on the TV. Oh, you oh. know what would be good with TV? Maybe some popcorn. Oh, you know what would be good with some popcorn? Maybe some cheese sticks and some M&Ms. It's a rest day, right? Yeah, going yeah. down it's the wrong path. It's slippery. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I guess the I guess the opposite of the of the of the path is the slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Next question. Hi. Scenario. That's actually a legit way to think of it too. Yeah. If it's a legit way to think of things, if you're on the path, when you know what the path is, as we talked about with Tim Ferriss, if you're on the path, which you know. Well, when you step off the path, it's a slippery slope. Yep, it's, big time. Off the path is a slippery, slippery slope. And yeah. the, what'd you just say? The popcorn can lead to cheat sticks, can lead to <laughs> M&Ms. M&Ms. Yeah. That's the slippery slope right there. Yeah, and sometimes you slip so hard that you just plunge deep off the path. Yeah. Fall off the wagon, land hard. All right. Scenario. My team leader's boss came to me and asked my opinion. On my horrible team leader. The boss is, my boss's boss. One of my opinions. So what do I do? Praise him to make the team look good and maintain my relationship with my with the team leader or tactfully tell the truth and build a relationship with the boss, with my boss's boss. Dang. That's a good question, isn't it? I think so. This is a, and it's a really tough position to be in. Yeah. Because you have to be careful and you have to be balanced. And there's a couple things to think about. First of all, no one likes rats. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. No one likes rats. But at the same time, you kind of also have to think about what's best for the team. On top of, and kind of the opposite of no one likes rats is no one likes brown nosers. 
No. But at the same time, you have to build relationships up and down the chain of command. And one of the toughest things about this and what you have to be so careful about is that you don't know what kind of relationship the boss and the team leader have. Mm. You don't know. For On one end of the spectrum, they could be friends. So if you say something bad about them, that's going right back to the team leader and yeah. you're in you're you're gonna have a hard time. Worse position. You're in a much worse position. Yeah. Also, they could be enemies mm. and supporting the team lead to the boss could actually make you look stupid, right? Make mm, you make you bad. look bad. And and it's important to say here, is it the optics of like I don't want to look bad? Is mm. that what I'm talking about? Mm. Because that's what I just said. Like, it'll make you look bad. It'll make you look stupid. The reason that you're trying to look good is because you want to do a good job, because you want the team, because you want the mission to succeed. That That's what's important. Mm. And you don't care. I don't care if I have to eat crow. I don't care if... So, so I don't mind looking bad if it's for a good reason. I don't mind my ego taking a ding if it's for the right reason. Mm. But this could actually hurt the way I do my job mm. because now my boss my boss sorry my boss's boss mm. thinks I'm kind of an idiot and so that means when promote comes time for promotion even though I might be the best guy I'm not getting promoted because I was the guy that was too blind to see that my team leader was an idiot yeah. so I would be very careful and fairly neutral in what I said especially to start with right so you know if the, if the boss says hey how's that team leader doing my response be like, oh, you know what? We get the job done. There's that's so non-committal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what about the team leader? Is he is he a good leader? I, I think he's I think he's got a pretty good hold of what's going on, right? So that's that's there's room to interpret that in any direction, really. Yeah. I think he's got a pretty good hold, or I think he's getting a hold of what's going on. Or another one would be, well, hey, how's your team leader? I think our performance kind of shows where we're at, <laughs> right? So you're not you're not giving away, and those are those are like I said, those are subtle and those are very open things that you could respond to, and and I think the more your boss probes or the sorry the more the team boss team leader's bosses probes, the more you could open up a little bit, still with caution, but as you see what the boss's opinion is, you could open up a little bit more and share a little bit more of the truth very tactfully or if or you could go in the other direction right if he says oh you know that's my best guy and I've known Bill forever yeah Bill's I brought him here and Bill's gonna be he's going places mm-hmm. so are you gonna derail that guy y- you you can but you're probably gonna derail yourself too because yeah. that guy has a legitimate relationship with him mm-hmm. so the, that's a tough situation and and I would say the best thing to do in this situation is remain as neutral as possible And again, you know what? There's there's someone that's listening to this right now. That's going oh Jock was kind of a Jock was kind of a wimp And if I was there, I'd just tell the truth. Okay, so let's let's talk about that Let's talk about what happens because I've been in that situation more times than I can count where my boss was kind of an idiot And I get asked by his boss. Hey, how's this guy doing? So let's say you rat him out well, does that mean that the boss gets fired immediately? No. Mm. It just means that your team is less respected. It means that you get less support. Mm. It means 
And if you do get ratted out, by the way, where do you end up now? You end up in a bad situation where your boss knows that you ratted him out to his boss. You're hated. Yeah. You're hated. So I want to win. Let's go back to that point. I want to win. So does it help me win if I rat out my boss or if I rat out my team leader to my boss? Does it help me win? It could. It could if your boss happens to be completely aligned with what you're thinking. He also happens to have a replacement ready that's more squared away. That's another thing. You get rid of one bad team leader. Now you get a new team leader. How do you know him? Mm. Who's that? Who is that person? Where'd they come from? The devil's, what is that saying? The devil you know is better than the devil that you don't know. So if I have a team leader that's not doing a good job, whose fault is that? Mine. Yeah. I can help my team leader, especially Mm. if my team leader is weak. I can help them become strong. I can help teach them tactfully, not stepping on their toes. I would rather, rather than wrap my team leader out up the chain of command, I would rather fix my team leader. I would rather help my team leader become better, support them. And by the way, when you do support your team leader and they become better and now they do come up for a promotion, what do they know in the back of their mind? They know that you helped them. They know that you got them there. Guess who's getting promoted now? You are. Mm -hmm. Now, why am I so concerned about getting promoted? Is it because I want to outdo everyone else? No, that's not why. Because you want to win. Because I want to win. I want the team to win. And if I thought that you, Echo, would do a better job if you became team leader instead of me, I'd be like, hey, I appreciate it, but Echo would do a better job than me. He should be the team leader. So, and and also, if you're real, this is what happens. If I'm really a person, this, 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 this is what I'm getting at. If I'm really a person that really wants to get promoted and that's my main goal, mm-hmm. I want to get promoted, that's my goal. What do I do with the team leader? Rat him out. I throw him under the bus. Mm. So that's the person that we all hate. Sure. The person that rats out the team leader that that says, oh, that guy's doing a terrible job. I do a much better job and gets that guy fired and now I get promoted. What do we all think of him? Yeah. We all think that guy's a turd. Mm. Now, it, it, as opposed to the, someone that says, you know what? Our team leader's weak, needs help, needs support. I'm going to help him. I'm going to support him. I'm going to yeah. do the best I can. Wait, are you saying to tell the boss this or no, just have no, that attitude? Yeah, to have Got that it. attitude. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw him under the bus. Now, if we have a guy that's horrible, that's tyrannical, that does a horrible job, that abuses people, then we get to a situation where you say, you know what, boss, there's some problems. Yeah. So if you have that one, which doesn't really, well, this guy says horrible team leader. So if this is a horrible team leader, that's irredeemable, irredeemable qualities. And it's negatively affecting the team because he kind of makes it sound like make the team look good. So there's 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 still a possibility that the team is doing okay, yeah. even though they have a horrible leader because they got good, such good troops. I, mm-hmm. I would see that sometimes. A platoon has a bad leader, but there's great guys in there, mm-hmm. and the platoon leader is smart enough just to be like, okay, I'm going to let them kind of run with it. Yeah. They'll be successful. Yeah. So... My, my goal usually is to help the person above me in the chain. Well, it's always to help the person above me in the chain of command. Can you get to a situation where someone is so bad that it's negatively affecting the whole team and you can't win because of their position? Yes, well then you need to step up and do something about it and say something about it. Do it tactfully, do it slowly. Don't overcommit to your statements early on because if you do, you might say something that is out of line. Mm. So that's 
it's a tricky situation. There's no definitive answer. You have to weigh these things out. Yeah. Generally, if you can help someone win, you're going to win. Generally, if you help someone win, you're going to win. If it's so bad that they're just bringing down the whole team and you cannot win with them in that position, you might need to say something. Yeah, especially if everyone on the team kind of feels the same way. It's going to be a little bit easier to be like, hey, you know, yeah, and be straight. With yeah, it. but even if everyone, if we, we, if we have the gang mentality, right? Like, yeah. hey, man, the boss sucks. You know what? He's he, Team leader's horrible. He doesn't know what he's doing. Hey, guys, you know what? We could sit here and complain about it, or we could actually try and, like, make him a better leader. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you guys say? think of that? And then... Because, hey, we could try and get a replacement for him, but at least he listens to us right now yeah, or yeah. whatever, you know, at yeah. least he at least he understands the job. Hey, let's try and let's try and prop him up. Let's try and get you know what? Let's get rid of him. But let's get rid of him by teaching him a lot. So he gets educated so he can move on and get promoted and then we'll have a good relationship with him. Yeah. And then the team will get more support and then we can do our mission better. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you kind of got to understand what makes him a quote unquote horrible. Leader, for sure. Right. For so sure. Like what if uh, what if I don't like him because I don't like his tie? I don't know. I don't like his hairdo. You know, I just don't like him. We don't we don't come from the same side of the tracks. I yeah. don't know. Whatever well, the thing. One of the things that would be like if the guy's arrogant, right? Yeah. the guy's arrogant. Well, how are we going to bring him down? Yeah. How are we going to bring? Well, how we not not bring him down? Like bring him down like, from his yeah, job, but how are we gonna bring down his ego? Yeah. How are we gonna mellow him out? You know, and that could that could be a long project. Yeah. That could be a long project. Yeah. So just like how you said, is like it is it damaging the the performance kind of thing? Yes. That's the most important thing. Is that, yeah. what is our performance like? Yeah. Can we bring this guy around? Yeah. Good question. I'm sorry. There's no definitive answer, but at the same time, there's so leadership is is an art. Yeah, and why did the? Uh, it's an art and science, but it's an art. Sure. And this is a case where the artistic part is going to be more important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dichotomy, art and science. Remember on Bloodsport how he called martial arts martial science. He called it mar- martial science. The guy, what is his name? Sensei Tanaka. I, Come on, bro. Bloodsport. Van Damme. Yeah, no, I know, I know what the movie is. Yeah, yeah, he called it Martial I'm Science. I'm not familiar with that. Too, too familiar. Even as a kid, I thought those movies were really cheesy. Yeah, it was kind of cheesy. Like kinda so, made it like fun. a lot, a lot of MMA. Well, I guess from my age, MMA guys, you know, I was into blood sport. You know, yeah. even when I was a kid, I, w- I wasn't thinking blood sport was like legit. I don't know why. I thought it was. Remember the point? I where get, you, the dim. I thought Rocky. Bricks. I thought Rocky was more legit. Yeah, yeah, like, Rocky hey, was dope. Yeah, I thought I thought that Rocky was more legit than Bloodsport for me. Bloodsport seemed fake. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Right? It just seemed extreme, I guess. Because pl- plus, I think with Bloodsport, the rumors circulated that that guy was real, like oh, that was yeah, real, yeah, yeah. you know. And so you're like, oh, it's, you know, sure, it's a movie, cool, made it fun, but it was real in real life. Yeah, I, don't know. I, 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 yeah. Again, I, I, I wouldn't say I, I hated Bloodsport. But like I haven't seen it enough to know that the guy referred to martial arts as martial science. That was early on, <laughs> early in the movie when Van Damme's teacher. You know, it's your typical movie, right? There's a there's a a guy, he's getting beat down or yeah. whatever. He goes through his training process. There's a there's a montage, yeah. like in uh, <laughs> like in Team or Team America World Police. There's a montage, sure. training montage, and then he comes back and, and wins. Badass, there's yeah. there's like most of your fight movies. Yeah, you know, then montage. Then, yeah, he gets beat down early. You know, he 
trains, yeah. he becomes awesome. But then there's the, the arch enemy who's trained too, yeah. but still a bully, and he has to beat him. Same thing with Karate Kid. But you're leaving out the montage part, yeah. the training montage, yeah. which is very important. <laughs> you're the best. No, that's Karate Kid. You, you ever seen the movie Never Back Down? No. Okay, so you wouldn't. You'll never watch this movie. It's it's it's, it's MMA, right? It's MMA. I remember when it came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's basically Karate Kid. Yeah. It's it's literally like Karate Kid, but just MMA now, and a little bit more cheesy. Maybe a lot more cheesy. I thought it was good though. I enjoyed it. I watched it more. Doesn't than he once. learn from a, like a master jujitsu guy or something? Yeah, Brazilian guy who plays is played by an African guy. The guy on um, you remember Gladiator? You know Gladiator, right? Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah. And you know yeah. the black guy in yeah. there, the African guy. Vaguely. Yeah, he um. You know the one, he, yeah, his yeah. main friend. Yeah, he's yeah. the guy, but he's the Brazilian guy. Oh, okay. It doesn't match because he doesn't have a Brazilian accent. I was gonna say, how's his uh, mm, Portuguese accent? No, still African, <laughs> but nonetheless, you know, on paper it might seem cool, but it came out kind of cheesy. Oh. I liked it though. You know, they <laughs> overemphasize like all the things, like he goes to the party and the party's just crazy. Yeah, anyway, yeah, look into it. Nonetheless, yes, science and art, I, I dig it. You kind of have to, I mean, back to the question, you oh. have to kind of wonder why the boss is asking your opinion, too. Is it just a general probe? Like, hey, how are you guys doing? How's the boss doing? Kind of like that. Or is it, we have some concerns totally. about your team leader. What up? You know, kind of thing. Yeah. And even so, that, you got to be careful. Yeah. Because they could lead you down that path. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're probing you. Maybe, yeah. Maybe you the team saying? leader said, hey, you know what? I don't trust this guy. Yeah, See what he says about me. Yeah. Right? And then you go in and you go, hey, you know I've heard some bad things about this guy. What do you think of him? Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you what. You're right. That guy's a turd. Yeah. A turd with ears. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You guys used to say that yeah. stuff. A lot of team guys say turd. That's yeah. a team thing, huh? I think, I think it came from buds at some point. Yeah. It was, it was, you'd get called turds yeah. quite a bit. And then a person that was kind of maybe just, just not a very good individual would be a turd with yeah. ears. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that one. Yeah, in Hawaii yeah, they say doo doo boy. Same thing. Doo doo boy. Doo doo boy. Yeah, uh, but obviously not in a, any kind of discipline setting. We got one more, one yes. more question. Yes, next question. Last question, Jocko. I've been disciplined, working hard, and staying focused, but I've hit a a run of bad luck, and I can't seem to get a break. Well. First of all, you are lucky because if you're capable of of working hard, then that's a blessing. That's luck because there's people all over the world that don't have the ability for any number of reasons, many of those reasons being just bad luck that they can't work. So right out of the gate, you're lucky that you can get up tomorrow and you can go to work. Now, you say you can't get a break. And maybe you're getting unlucky with your career or your personal life or your business. So what are you going to do? Are you going to give up? Are you going to surrender? Are you going to assume that because you didn't catch a break today, there's no way you'll catch one tomorrow or next week or next year? 
Are you going to leave it all to chance? Or are you going to do everything in your power to force luck your way, to create opportunity, to, to shift the hands of fate? And even then, if the break never comes, even if you roll across the finish line of life bruised and bloodied and empty-handed from the fight, at least you know. You know that you went after it as hard as you could. And you gave life everything you had. And you know in the end, you might still be unlucky. That could happen, but I would much rather be an unlucky soul that fought until the end and died with my sword in my hand than an unlucky soul that submitted bowed down gave up and surrendered so stop waiting to get lucky stop waiting for a big break instead be thankful truly thankful for what you do have and go out there and fight and battle and brawl to make your own luck and I think that's all I've got for tonight so echo yes Speaking of fighting hard, sure. Is there anything you know about that can help us stay in the fight? Stay in the fight. Continue fighting hard. Check. Sure. First thing you need to do need to do is take care of your body habitus. I use that word wrong, but body habitus is like your like your habitat on your body. Anyway. Take care of your body is what I meant. <laughs> Including but not limited to your joints. A lot more important than I thought from the beginning or at in the beginning. So how you do that is super krill oil. Jocko has super krill oil. Jocko has krill oil called super krill oil. Another supplement called joint warfare. These are good for your joints. Don't neglect them. That's how you stay in the fight. Straight up. Get them at originmain.com. Also, you want to... Increase your capacity and capability in the fight. Physically, mentally, you take a new product called Discipline. It's called Discipline. It's not Discipline itself. It's called Discipline. Anyway, it's Cognitive and Physical Enhancer. Force Multiplier. Mental plus Physical. The, the sum is greater than the parts. Anyway, originmain.com, that's where you get them. Uh, really good. They also have geese and rash guards there at Origin Main. And they are all made in America. I don't know if you know this. It's a big deal. He does good work over there. From the dirt to the shirt. Yeah. The cotton is even grown in America. And that's very important. See what I did there? 
Um, yeah, geese, rash guards, compression gear, pants, compression pants, spats, all there. Also, or just speaking of origin, we have an immersion camp, jujitsu immersion camp. All levels of jujitsu are welcome to this, by the way. What about kids? Kids welcome to that one? I don't think so. Yeah, because I don't think they have the capacity for kids there yeah. at the camp. Shoot, they were asking me that. Interesting. Nonetheless, all levels, even if you don't have any jujitsu at all. In fact, last time there was a group who didn't have, or I think it was like some didn't have any jujitsu. Yeah, no jujitsu. And it just came, went on the, like, you know, like some of the stuff you learn, if you don't have any jujitsu, it's like, okay, that's not going to fit into my knowledge because you have no knowledge. So yep. it's like, mm, that's not, I don't understand this quite yet. You we did like know. the, we did the, like the fundamentals class for him. Yeah. 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 yeah and even during, um, like while it was going on, I, I had a group on the site of like a good, like 12 people. And we're just doing just the basic no fundamentals. Jiu-jitsu. No jujitsu. Yeah. yeah, for sure. All levels. And by the way, if you're a beginner, yeah, that's cool. But also if you're good, you'll also get some awesome training there. Yeah. There's everybody. Great guys there. Yeah. Huge good and spot. And it's cool. Yeah. It's all it's up in Maine. Echo Lake. Are we on the Echo Lake this summer? Oh yeah, we yeah, are on Echo right? Lake. Yeah. Echo Lake. Layers. Echo's got his own lake. <laughs> sure. Echo Park, Echo Lake. Dang. Nonetheless, yeah. So, yeah, originmain.com. You can look and see all that stuff. And, uh, you know, if you want something, get something. If you want to come to the emergency camp, come to the immersion camp. I'll be there. Jock, are you going? Yeah. <laughs> I am. You're so mad last time you couldn't do that. Your rib. Yeah. Your rib, right? My rib was jacked. Dang. This year it won't be jacked. No, 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 no. It's all good, bro. You're the man. Either way. Also, for fitness gear, you want to vary up your workout, you want to Im- implement m- new movements. Kettlebells. Do you do kettlebells? I know, Jocko, you do kettlebells. I know that. But that's the question. Yeah, you do. Mike Granchi, right? Mike, uh, this guy, you know, he's a brown belt or black belt, I forget, mm-hmm. up in Carlsbad area. Anyway, I've known him for a long time. I used to work with his sister. I don't even know if he remembers that. But so watching, you know, you know who Jeff Clark is? Yeah. Yeah, so he's under him. Um, he hit me up. He's like, hey, I want to get into kettlebells now. He's like, I'm looking at the on it ones or whatever, you know, asking the advice. Here's the thing. I'm not an expert on the kettlebells, but I do know this. Don't get nuts with them, but don't go too light either, though. I bought a kettlebell for my daughter. She's five now. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it looks cool. It's like one of the little. 24 kilograms. No. (laughs) No, No, man. Anyway, the smallest one. But when I picked that up, I'm like, no matter what fitness level I'm at, this isn't going to do much for me. So don't go too light is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Nonetheless, get them from on it. Go on it.com slash Jocko. There's some good stuff. A lot of options there. You think you're stuck in a boring whoop Jocko workout. Super hard, but but boring. Uh, you're going to fall off that wagon. Maybe. I don't know. Depends on who you are. But if you want to vary it up, go on it.com slash Jocko. Get some, do some good fitness gear. Also, when you're getting any of the books that we review on this podcast, I got them organized for you on jockopodcast.com. Click on the top books, book section. I think specifically it says books from Jocko Podcast. Got them organized by episode, including Rob Jones' Journey's journal, by the way. Pretty much anything that we're reading, I'm going to put it on there for access, easy access. And it happens to support, takes you to Amazon, boom, get your book. Two-day delivery, one-day delivery, eight-hour delivery sometimes. 
And, you know, if you're going to do other shopping, continue on. Do you. Be you. Also, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Spotify. Stitcher. I already said Stitcher. Everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Whatever you listen to podcasts on, subscribe. Yeah. Seems obvious, right? Also, YouTube. If you are interested in the video version of this podcast, you want to see what Jocko looks like, if you care. You want to see what I look like, if you care. Which may be a little bit more of a thing because I, apparently I don't sound how I look. I still get that, by the way. Mm, yeah. No, I just talked to a guy about it the other day. Yeah. Yes, yesterday. That'll so, never go away, yeah. huh? Nope. Until everyone has seen me. <laughs> no one sees me. Anyway, if you are interested in that, YouTube video version of this podcast. Also, excerpts. Take little chunks out of the podcast and post them so you can share them so they don't have to listen to two and a half, three hours of a whole podcast to get one lesson, one specific lesson. That's on uh, the YouTube channel. On the YouTube channel. And you channel. just made a new video. I did, yeah. I'm making more videos now. Time is Tra- running out. Time is running out. That's a that new was video. an important one. You know, the, you know, so I'll choose little excerpts or whatever mm. to be like, you know what, this one to me hit harder. Mm. This little message that you said. And that one was, because it is one of those ones, because you know how the, the old saying where it's like, yeah, we know we had to have a limited time on this earth, but we don't act like it kind yeah. of thing, you know, that whole thing. And really, when you think about that, that's more true than I think most people realize. And, you know, that's why people go through like midlife crisis, right? You know, how they, they hit a certain age I'm and they're like, oh my get my ear gosh. pierced and get a Corvette. Yeah, I got to get, get it back. I don't know. You know, it's that scrambling <laughs> situation, you know, you're trying to scramble to get, get more in. But, you know, there's going to come a time you can't do that. There's a little old school footage in there, in that video. Yeah. Too. Of yeah. If you want to see me when I was, I don't know, like 13 or 14. Sure. Maybe. Yeah, I was probably 14. I'm going to guess 14. Bronson's Children. Bronson's Children. Band. Was that Bronson's That's Children? Bronson's that children. was straight up it. Because you went practice. through phases, right? Yeah. Because well, you, okay, you were somebody well, else. It would Disciples be hard to of... identify fully. Yeah. The actual, because we had a bunch of different names. One of the names of the band was Rage of Discipline. <laughs> Rage of Discipline. Rage yeah. of Discipline. Wait, it was never Disciples of Discipline. No, Is that something it was not. else? It okay, was not Rage Disciples of, of Discipline. It was Rage of Discipline. <laughs> yeah. And it was it was struggle. It was lock and load. Which is really militaristic for someone that wasn't in the military to be like, my band's called Lock and Load. I realize how cheesy that is now. No, that's pretty dope, actually. Well, I don't know, but anyways. Rage of Discipline's real mili- military-ish. Mm. See, Brad, you were you even before. Yeah, like, no, this that's, what, that's what, what the guy you got the video footage from, Elgin James, He when he comes on the podcast, he's like, yeah, I'm going to tell people. He, I actually just, uh, spoiler alert, because he's like, I can't wait to tell everyone that you had a band called Rage of Discipline <laughs> when you were 14 years old. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was kind of laughing about that. Yeah, yeah. So but yeah, you're there in, it is. You were in the making from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I guess you could say that. But you know, also, I I also look back and think, well, man, I did some dumb stuff when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, you didn't get a handle on the discipline till later, but you know, yeah. the seed was there. Yeah. You know, like a little rattlesnake. You know how they say they're the most dangerous because they can't control the venom. They don't have the discipline. Oh. But they want the discipline. That's what I think. That's what I was like, a little rattlesnake. Yes. Interesting. Exactly right. Nonetheless, you can see these videos on YouTube. Well, the video is a cool video. Yeah. Thanks, Jocko. Good job, Echo Charles. Thanks. Try to do more videos. Also, Jocko has a store. It's called Jocko Store. This is where you can get 
Discipline equals freedom. Shirts. There's that word again. Discipline. You know. Iconic one. Also, rash guards on there. Women's stuff on there. Hoodies on there. Beanies. Here's the thing. The beanies have a little bit more of a process. But they're being approved. And, you know, there's going to be some beanies on there. New shirt is out. Just in time for summer. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) Just Hey man, they're there. You know. They'll need them down in uh, Australia, and New Zealand, yeah, for the summertime down there. Yeah, the least. southern hemisphere. Yeah, in Hawaii. New, you're wearing a new shirt today. That's right. Is this out? Back to the book. It's out. It's out. It's available. Thing is, I didn't say anything. I just kind of snuck it on there, so some people got it. So it's live. It's live. Okay. Been live for a day. Back to the book. <laughs> Back to the book. It's actually good. The front of it has a book. On the back has all the titles that you've reviewed. Oh. It's a good one. Anyway, cool. you want to see what that looks like? JockoStore.com. If you want something, get something. It's a good way to support. Also, Psychological Warfare. If you don't know what that is, it's an album with tracks that each track is engineered. It's not music tracks. Jocko tracks. Engineered to help you through any moment of weakness that you may stumble upon or that might stumble upon you. Actually, you shouldn't say stumble upon you because that kind of gives the ownership to like, oh, it happens to me. You know what I mean? If you hit weakness, you hit the weakness. Like you you stumbled on the weakness. Hmm. You can't blame the weakness. You blame you. See what I'm saying? Check. So any moment of weakness that you happen to stumble upon, there's a track for that. Procrastination, waking up early, the diet stuff, falling off the diet wagon. You want to eat some donuts because they're free at work. It's wasteful if you don't eat them. It's disrespectful to the person who bought them. No. And you're 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 gonna eat them. That's weak. Stay on the path. And if you need a little spot, psychological warfare, you can get it on iTunes, Amazon Music, various wherever you can purchase MP3s. Boom, get it from there. Psychological warfare. It's a good one. Good way to support too. By the way, good way to support. Also. If you need some more support, you can get Jocko White Tea. And I've got some bad news and good news. Mm-hmm. Bad news, they've started testing for Jocko White Tea. <laughs> so they started testing. They're worried. You know, they see guys just dominating, and they're thinking they're probably on Jocko White Tea. Yeah. The good thing, that's the bad news. Good news is, doesn't matter. Can't test for it. All natural. <laughs> it's all natural. No one can believe that a fully natural substance can can raise any human being's deadlift to 8,000 pound minimum, but there it is. It is. Factual. Mm. Factual. Uh, books. All right, books. You can get some books. Way the Warrior Kid. This is the book for kids. Mm. The book for kids. See the feedback. Go on, go on social media. Go on Twitter. Go on Facebook, Boha, and see kids studying see kids doing pull-ups see kids doing jujitsu see kids getting after it that'll tell you right there so many parents have said i can't believe my kid now wants to study they post little pictures of kids making math flashcards. that's what i'm talking about imagine if you get your kid to do math flashcards voluntarily boom so that's what i'm talking about and now there's way the warrior kid to mark's mission in this book Uncle Jake teaches young Mark, and he really teaches the rest of us, how to control his temper, how to work hard, how to be frugal and smart with money. There's a little entrepreneurial activity in the book. 
He also learns how to take care of his gear. He learns how to save his money. He learns how to deal with insults and with verbal abuse. And he learns to overcome his fear of failure. That's a lot to learn in yeah. one book. Yeah. yeah. But it's there. Yeah. The lessons are there. And it's done in a simple, clear way that only Uncle Jake knows how to do. <laughs> And speaking of entrepreneurial warrior kids, don't forget about Aiden. Young Aiden. He's only 12 years old, but he has a business. He's making soap from goat milk from goats on his farm. And he's not just making any soap. He's making good soap. He's making Jocko soap. Mm -hmm. You can order it at Irish IrishOaksRanch.com. And the motto, which I thought of not giving Aiden any credit for this. (laughs) He didn't think of this motto. Mm -hmm. I thought of the motto. The motto is stay clean. <laughs> so yeah, get yourself some Jocko soap. You can also get a book called The Discipline Equals Freedom Field Manual, and that's another book. The feedback is awesome. The feedback is awesome. People that get that book and they get on the path. They get stronger, healthier, smarter, more disciplined. They get better, and they live a better life. And that's awesome to hear. So if... You or someone you know needs to know how to get on the path and stay on the bath path Then the field manual is For them and it'll help them do just that and for the audio version It's not on audible because then you can't have an album with tracks the audio version is on iTunes Amazon music Google Play other mp3 platforms so if you want the audio version get that also, obviously, there's a book called Extreme Ownership. It is combat leadership. These are the lessons that we learned in combat translated into leadership principles for business and life. And you know what? Still on the Amazon charts right now is number 17 on all Amazon charts for books read or something like that. So, yeah, you got to dig that. It's still selling. And, and, and also, announcement. Just went over a million copies sold. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty legit. So thanks everyone for for doing that, for buying some books, some copies of the books. And by the way, you don't sell a million copies of a books of a book on just hype. And and we didn't do it through paid advertising, which I don't even know if you could do it through paid advertising. The book sells because of the word of mouth. So everyone that listens to this podcast buys the book, spreads the word, gets it for other people. You're the reason that that book is selling so well still. So thank you all for spreading the word, telling people, get it for them, get it for their team, up and down the chain of command, extreme ownership, pick it up. Furthermore, Echelon Front, that's my leadership and management consulting company. We solve problems through leadership, that's what we do, and that is how all problems get solved, Mm. through leadership. So it's me, it's Leif Babin, it's JP Donnell, it's Dave Burke. You can email info at echelonfront.com or you can go to the website echelonfront.com. And of course, we are approaching the muster. Mm-hmm. This is the most dynamic leadership conference ever sure. of all time. Tickets are selling. Uh, we, we've already kind of expanded the floor in the location that we have in DC as much as we can to accommodate more people. But I'm telling you, it's going to sell out. We're only doing two musters this year. One 
is in Washington DC May 17th and 18th and one is in San Francisco October 17th and 18th so come learn hang out get your pragmatic leadership skills and also it's important to know that there's no green room there's no backstage we'll be there hanging out answering questions talking eating working out and hanging out with everyone that shows up so join us there you can register at extremeownership.com and also on extremeownership.com there's a document that we put together so some people they want to come to the conference mm-hmm. they need to run it up their chain of command mm-hmm. and they kind of say what, what should I say up my chain of command I want my chain of command to, to pay for it which mm-hmm. is awesome and the chain of command should pay for it because they're gonna get back a, a much better leader in their organization mm-hmm. uh, but we put a document on there you can you can uh, click on the link the the little what's that the little link I guess it's called a link sure it's called creating leaders at every level and that's also on extremeownership.com we'll see you there we'll see you at the muster and until we do see you at the muster you can find us interacting and conversing and cruising cruising on the interwebs on Twitter on Instagram and on that hockey echo <laughs> is at Echo Charles, and I am at Jocko Willink. And thanks to those of you out there in uniform around the world on foreign lands, in the sky over our heads, and on and under the high seas, protecting us from the evil of the world. Thank you. And thanks to police and law enforcement to the firefighters and paramedics, and all of you first responders, thanks for taking care of us and our families when we need it most. And to everyone else out there, the nurses and the doctors working all hours to heal us and the teachers trying to educate our youth and the guys hanging drywall and pouring concrete and roughing in plumbing and electrical and the farmers growing crops and the factory workers building products and the fishermen and the lobstermen and the longshoremen and the bankers and the advisors and the salespeople and the waitresses and the cooks and the dishwashers to all the men and women across the land in every job and every capacity that show up every day. Thanks for listening to us. And thanks for doing your job and doing it well and doing it with pride. And thanks for working hard to make your own luck and to make your part of the world a better place by going out there and getting after it. And so, until next time, this is Echo and Jocko, out.